Okay, we're recording. Uh, Hope Adair in the studio, Life Unravel podcast. You are guest 27 on this particular show. I do a couple of different shows, cool. as, do, uh, as do you. Yes, I do a few different radio shows with River Valley Radio, and then I'm starting to branch out and do some kind of emceeing stuff with a local nonprofit. So Cool. What's, uh, what's the nonprofit? Um, One Million Cups Russellville. Essentially, it's kind of like, it's a national program, but there's charters nationwide, mm-hmm. kind of, and we started one up in Russellville, and it's just a platform where kind of early stage businesses and nonprofits can present themselves to the community. Yeah, I've been seeing you post about that, I think, actually. Yeah. Because we, ha- we have a 501c3, Core and I. Oh, cool. So. So that's well the box I mentioned uh, right before we started about uh, cornering a boxing fight last night, which is that is our nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So we have free boxing at the gym. We don't charge anybody that does that particular program. That's cool. And also judo. So someone sent in the guy. That, I, there's a guy that's a professor that does PR for me. He sent mm-hmm. in some stuff to the radio station. So do you like? So do you work for River Valley Radio? Yeah, well, we call it River Valley Radio here in the River Valley, but our technical company name is East Arkansas Broadcasters. Our home offices are in Wynn and Stuttgart, and we've got a few other, like we have a location in Moralton, like EAB, East Arkansas yeah, Broadcasters, yeah, yeah. just yeah, has like okay, several Okay, so that's what that stands for. Okay. Yeah. EAB, <laughs> but we're still River Valley Radio here at home. <laughs> okay, but so I hear, so first, like I was hearing you on 97.1. Mm-hmm. And then now I hear you on 100.9, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, so you, is that in the same station? Is your 97.1 through the university? Like, how does that work? Um, 97.1 is kind of my baby. We bought that frequency, and they wanted me to do that on it. And then that was going well, so they invited me to 109. But all of our, like, all of our major stations were all housed on Parkway, like in that in yeah, that yeah, building. Yeah. And so, like, the way it works is we have like our front offices, like our business offices, and then we have kind of like small rooms, and each one's like a different studio or a production room, and so. So um, they just wanted the the demographic on 100.9 kind of leans more predominantly female, and then it's in the age group like 18 to kind of 35, and so they wanted that demographic to, I guess, come out on air. And so Johnny does a really great time like for the morning show, but he's so yeah 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 busy. he's been so, in forever too. Yeah, he was spread super thin, so it was really nice. Like we we were able to get some more frequencies. They were able to hire me on, and then Jarrett um, Jackson, he was here forever. He got a cool job up in Hot Springs, like a cool gig for his family. Mm-hmm. And so then we got Drew Mitchell from Little Rock, and so we're able to kind of like branch out a little bit more, which is really really nice. Yeah, no. Uh, well, so I just uh, I think that is a great idea because I know you do because I hear you on the radio all the time and I don't actually listen to the radio a lot. But um, every time I every time I have it on, you are on talking about stuff. <laughs> and then, too, I guess I follow either because we're friends on Facebook. Or I follow, like, You go live all the time, too, like I guess on their Facebook page. Yeah, if we have like I do like our weekly event blurbs and then if we're ever like at a live event doing like a broadcast and we do Facebook live for that, too. Yeah, so. like I guess you do your like uh, community calendar stuff live. Yeah. I like, I don't think they know how like valuable that is. Do they? I mean, uh, th- is that something really, you kind of brought really... to the table and just started doing or were they like, Hey, we want you to go live. I during... kind of expanded it. Like when I got there, they asked me to take over just the community calendar, just keeping it updated, getting the stuff from the community members, that's putting big, flyers yeah. out. And that's a lot of work. Like there's like for as small as the river Valley is, people think there's never anything well, going yeah, on. Well, yeah, you're, you're like... hitting like three, four to f- five towns at a time typically. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's a lot of events, but it's really cool because we branched out, we've changed the format of it on air. And then each day I go live, like at least on 97.1 until like the next few days events, I call it like the peak at the week or the peak at the weekend. And then we share it on all over the rest of our station pages, like once or twice a week to like further kind of saturate it. Wow. Yeah. So how did you get into doing radio? Did you go to school for it or? 
Like what? It's actually really funny that you people ask me that sometimes. And I, my story is kind of the outlier. I, it's kind of unique. I was actually at Tech as a music major. Um, I'm a classically trained flutist. And what I wanted to do was either be a band director or be in an orchestral setting. And uh, that wasn't once I got into college, it really wasn't working out for me, but I needed some extra money. Like I was broke. I was in college and my brother, my older brother, Dustin was working at KARV when it was downtown still. Carve, yeah, yeah. Car radio. But when it was downtown, I was like, Hey, can you get me a job? Like I need money. And so he got me like a night and weekend gig working like game, like basketball and football games, like running the board. Mm -hmm. And so I just did that for a little bit. And then they were going through some changes and lo and behold, EAB where I'm at now was actually in the process of purchasing that frequency and so I was about to graduate and I'm like man I don't know what I'm gonna do and I wasn't ready to go to grad school yet I was kind of burnt out and so I just put in my resume at EAB because they said now hiring I didn't know what it was for but I was like I have radio experience and they hired me administratively and I just kind of moved up because I was really I was really avid I wanted to learn more about what I was doing and I really like to be involved and so because of that I got to move from like the administrative side of it more to like the production promotion like interaction type side yeah that is the and you do i would say probably hit like a much uh a much younger demographic so like one <laughs> time i was on my way to teach noon jujitsu um which i have like a lot of professors from the university to come in it was on 971 and you would yeah, i think there was like a tool i think it was 46 and 2 playing by tool <laughs> But or, or it was maybe a tool song. I don't remember. But you, you like went off on this like uh, Jungian uh, psychology oh, yeah. like backstory. <laughs> and I was like, damn. I was just like, yeah, sacred geometry. Read yes, yes. I, I was like, and then like I felt I, like between my house and the gym, which is only like a 10 minute drive, but I'm always like listening to podcasts or mm -hmm. something. I was like, man, you guys will never believe what I just heard on the radio. <laughs> I was, yeah, I think really cool like especially with ba i mean kind of more progressive bands especially to like they're great but they're pretentious we have to admit it <laughs> yeah like, I, I saw them in concert last year for the first time and i'm seeing i've actually have tickets to a perfect circle in like oh, six ABC's weeks new album comes out friday i'm so excited yeah that uh the, their newer single uh disillusioned is awesome i don't so know yeah. have you seen beautiful. the music video yeah too? no that was Trippy. that hit me i was just like this is intense yeah but it was intense kind of in a i don't know subtle way it, i was i'm really digging it though and i don't know what's going on with tool they keep saying that they're going to do new stuff I've and then deleting tons of photos of them in the, in studio. the studio yeah and i just heard that they're doing like like next month they have this five or six date thing they're calling it like a discussion and dissection yeah. and it's like super expensive but you get to like, like seven go over dates. This. yeah you get to like go over their writing process and like how they do it which would be really cool i think especially i'm doing, I'm doing that, like that for podcasting right i'm taking a podcasting oh. master class i'm almost done with there's only like six videos but it's like 20 some hours of content that's it's like really six nice. little sections. Some of them have like little different sub videos or whatever. I love master class. I used to take master classes all the time for flute, and I want to get into like doing more. I want to do like more ongoing education for what I'm doing now, because finally, I finally kind of understand what I'm doing. So I feel like yeah, I, can go for I this. mean, like it's crazy. I was just thinking yesterday. I was like, man, audio engineering is a whole thing. It is, it, and it's like I was talking to one of my high school friends the other day. I wanted to go into music production, like way in junior high and high school but i was looking at those schools and they were too expensive what i thought and so it kind of it's interesting how it came full circle and now i'm able to kind of learn like production work just on the job it's it's my favorite part of what i do yeah I, it's it's crazy how um how much you can pick up and how many people you run into in like a field that that are not classically trained to mm -hmm. do that particular job or whatever uh so like i i actually teach a history class on the side at morrillton but um Otherwise, I don't really use my degree other than 
being a more educated person, you know, which definitely benefits me. Like, well, I went to college, which I did, went th straight through to grad school and stuff. Mm -hmm. Are you are you going back to, are you in grad school? Are you thinking about going? I want to go to grad school. I don't know really what I want to do because I want to kind of get a business master's degree because it helped me in my field. But I also like the tail end of my undergrad. I just had to get a bunch of extracurriculars and I took a bunch of history, political science. And I loved it. Who'd you take? I, I was just taking like Hausnick stuff, Turner stuff. He's been on stuff. the podcast yeah. twice. I yeah. love Dr. H I just actually interviewed him the other day for that um, panel that he was on yeah. at All Saints. Yeah, he was late for the rank review and did not get a tip on his belt because oh. it's the lawyer talked for too long. Bummer. Yeah. Dang. He lawyers. went for 30 minutes. He only gets five minutes. He went for, yeah, no, because there were like five panelists, <clears throat> five or six, I think. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. You got to get that four minute thing like the Zuckerberg hearing. <laughs> it's right? really hard to watch my dad. That's been the hardest thing, like trying to figure out to talk less or to talk more. It's very difficult. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I find, um, so like now that I've been lecturing a, a few times a week mm -hmm. and I'm, re I'm recording and I'm doing like a lot of research and then I teach a bunch of classes at my gym. So I don't know. I think I'm getting better at listening to people. I think it's interesting the way that you're kind of handling education, I guess, because you have like at Forza, you do your classes and you do, I don't know if you do like seminars or lectures and stuff like that. And I like, do. I think that that's really cool because nowadays people think of education and it's a lot, it's not what you would think. People are taking like free online classes. They're like signing up for seminars and lectures or they're doing like night classes like at UACCM if that's what, you know, you're teaching. There, I think if, that's some awesome. of, if some of my professors were still teaching like most of them have either retired or passed away sadly yeah but if some of my professors were still teaching i would be sitting in on their classes yeah like uh two of my mentors actually three of my mentors retired while i was in school so oh, i was just was like weird. and then um one of them and no, i let's see one retired right after, and then two of them passed away. So I was a GA for Dr. Neal. She passed away. I don't know if you ever mm -hmm. had her. Mm -mm. Um, I've heard a lot of really great things about her, though. She was awesome. I got to GA for her one semester. And then um, David Krieger, the legendary I've, yeah, Professor Krieger. I never yeah. got to take him, and that was a bummer. I yeah, I mean, it, it was really good. But I'm, like, so, I'm getting to interject so much. Like, for example, I took him for the class, The Enlightenment and the French Revolution, and that's what I'm lecturing over right now. I'm just killing it because because I knew <laughs> that guy and I had him for those upper level courses mm -hmm. and was always bugging him after class and <laughs> like walking with him to his office to being like because he used to be in that um, I think it was called Brown. They're, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They maybe turned it in a dorm or tore it down. I him and Doctor Link, who also oh. passed away, yeah. I never had him. But um, yeah, crazy. It was. I was actually t before we were starting to record the podcast you had brought up my boyfriend Cody and like going to Clarksville and I was telling him I was like oh yeah I've got this interview or this podcast thing with Brian like and he was just like Brian Wilson yeah and he was just like I remember him like in history and political science like he was super like into it he was saying like um when doctor before Dr. Wood became like the department head yeah. or whatever he was just like Brian almost looked just like Dr. Wood like he was just like it was super he's now, super cool. he's now a brown belt in jiu-jitsu under what? me yeah That's he crazy. is he's a savage don't mess with him that makes me nervous. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> such a nice guy, though. He, uh, like, there is, it's it's so unfortunate because, like, um, I feel like people like him need to be in an administrative role, mm -hmm. but he does not get to teach any classes anymore. That's, kind of, yeah, I always feel really bad for professors that move up to that because it's kind of an honor to be able to handle that, but then I think 
why you're passionate about it kind of gets totally well like he and even him and his dad have been working on this book over pacification and nation building and Mm -hmm. it takes forever to write books granted (laughs) but i i feel like he probably would have got done a little faster had he would have been a you know but he's like when i first met him he became department head Mm -hmm. like and like well actually i did a a documentary film with uh with him over Uh, I can't remember if I did it in the summer or over a semester, but I was basically just in his office with him for like three hours a day, <laughs> like t- learning Adobe Premiere, being super pissed off yeah, at that no, time. Yeah, no, software like that is a nightmare. What well, was your documentary about? Uh, well, so my grandpa was at Norm- the Normandy invasion, mm-hmm. and he has since p- uh, passed away a couple years ago, actually. <clears throat> but uh, he was at uh, like the furthest right if you're like facing the beachheads, he was mm-hmm. on the one on the far, far right, which is actually the be- the the least violently resisted beach. He landed with like I think the third wave of people. So oh. like, but um, from I think it was Miami Beach was the central beachhead where like all the death and everything yeah. happened. And he said that bodies were washing up from that part of the invasion onto their beach by the time he landed. He was, yeah, well, see, and he survived. He went through the battle of the bulge. He went through, they, he marched through concentration camps. Crazy. Um, and he'd never talked about it ever my whole life. And I got to interview him. I actually just found the raw tapes the other day. Uh, so I may, um, I'm going to try and put those onto here so I can do more with them. But that would um, be really cool so what Woods used to do this thing called the uh, ADHI Arkansas Digital History Institute and maybe MacArthur's taken that over. I don't know if you know Aaron mm. MacArthur. I don't know him, but I also don't know what uh, there's been some different changes. He in runs the a museum. He's six, six and he wow. was probably there while you were there, but he's like a digital public historian, oh, oral yeah. historian. He's like big and bald and big. Oh, are you t- now I know who you're talking. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like big. Yeah. yeah super he's tall a giant. He's, yeah, yeah. He looks like a tree. Yeah, he, he's our wrestling coach. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. he's an all-American wrestler, heavyweight, <laughs> three fifty, six foot six, and his wingspan is six ten. Are you shitting? Yeah. So that you know how they say usually your wingspan is like your your um, like you do this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's your it's supposed to be your height. Yeah. His is like four inches taller. Crazy. That's insanity. Yeah, but so he's he's an awesome dude. He was on the podcast, cool. um, and uh, but he does a lot of. Um, like public history, and I think he took over that ADHI program because mm-hmm. Woods became department head, and um, then I went on to work for the K through 12 initiative. This thing that Dr. Tarver and Dr. Gleason were doing, and mm-hmm. I've re- I got like a thousand hours or more on Adobe Premiere with that oh, project, wow. which I don't use. Like for um, <laughs> well, I do. I edit <laughs> I video, but I I don't remember. use Premiere for for the <laughs> editing. I'm I'm gonna I'm in the process of like. Um, MacArthur and I are actually going to, we've kind of scouted out all these products and we're building a podcasting supercomputer. I am digging that. That sounds really cool. And I like, because when I used to do some (coughs) production work, like we used, I like Sony SoundForge. Like I like that a lot as far as the capabilities, but user friendliness, like in, like at EAB, we use like um, Adobe Audition just because it's like mega easy. And there's so many, like there's so many resources out there that can help you rather than having to pay a bunch yeah. of things or like log into this, you know, whatever. See, I'm definitely wanting to do software. There's, um, there's a few different ones I'm looking at. Um, uh, what's it? OBS, open broadcast software, um, black magic. I've heard a little bit about that one. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, um, there's one more. 
anyway, like what I want, what I'm wanting to be able to do, like right now, the, the video is just like what you see right here, which mm -hmm. is pretty simplistic, honestly. But yeah. um, eventually we're going to, I'm going to do two other camera angles. So I need to be able to oh. switch on those. Yeah. And um, I'm trying not to have to get hardware for that because that hardware, like I'm trying to get to where I can do it all and use this computer as mm -hmm. a monitor and not have to get another person in the room per se. Yeah. And that, well, digital switches like that are pretty easy. It's just like, it's, I think it's, what I've what I've read a little bit about it because we're looking at doing something similar like getting cameras installed like in each of our studios for when we have people come in for interviews, but it's basically just like installing the right software and getting it synced up to the right device that can be kind of a, not necessarily a nightmare but just tricky like to do it right. Yeah. So and two like certain formats of um, video I just found out for certain like if you do so like just like I have that um, headphone amplifier right mm -hmm. there to the right of the mixer. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, sometimes you have to use a switcher like that, mm -hmm. sort of like a phantom power, a same same sort of situation, and um, it won't accept certain video formats. And it's like like really stand oh. like 1080p something something something, yeah. it, which is most of your that's like, like that's the majority of your yeah content. yeah. So like this particular camera I have right here, it's Sony Vixia mm -hmm. um, 800. R R eight hundred or something like that. <laughs> it's a Vixia. It's like um, I don't know. Like so, the, the for example, the camera they use for Joe Rogan is mm -hmm. about a thousand bucks, and it's like two models down from that. You oh, know, okay, so, yeah. but but it's not. Um, even the Joe Rogan's cameras now are not four K. So no, it's not. I was just watching like some JRE the other day, and it's not like. But yeah. I kind of like that because honestly, it makes. This is just a personal preference. It makes it more genuine to me. Like once you start getting into like 4K, I'm it like, like this a cartoon. Looks, it's so produced. It doesn't. I don't want to. I don't know. Yeah. It's more relatable and authentic. I think when it's not su super high. Well, quality, I don't even know. I don't think YouTube can even. Can it even show 4K? I maybe on like YouTube Red and stuff. Well, I think maybe YouTube Red now might. But like I watch this channel a lot because I'm kind of nerdy. It's Amazon Kitchen. It's just kind of like rustic cooking like out in the woods and they they brought they advertise it as 4k like they have a 4k camera that they recorded on so their quality that they upload is really nice but i think youtube only converts it back down to 720 yeah. i think <laughs> yeah if i'm not mistaken because um it, it they might be accepting 1080p or i'm not sure but that's like uh, a lot of the stuff i've just been having to learn in the video because here's the, th the crazy thing is i get 10 times more audio listens than i do video Really? Well, I bet like in you know being in the car or like listening at work. I listen to podcasts yeah. all the time at the office. Yeah, like and well, so YouTube has that feature. Like I, I mostly listen on YouTube, cast it on my TV and stuff. Mm -hmm. Or, um, but it, I'm actually starting to do more audio. Like I just listened to this um, podcast over the last few days. Uh, do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I'm getting there. Cody listens to a ton of them, and so I've kind of been subjected to it just like in our home, and then I've I've gotten down. Because usually I always want to just listen to music because it keeps me kind of awake, but I'm starting to like more and more. Yeah, I, I do it kind of passively in the background all the time mm -hmm. while I'm working, but um, I was driving to Hot Springs, and I listened to a little bit of this one, but it's like a three-part series of this one called History on Fire by this oh. guy named uh, – this guy's been on Joe Rogan like four or five times called uh, – his name's Danelli Bellelli. Nelly Bellelli. Danelli Bellelli. That can't yeah. be real. It's, he's like, <laughs> I think he's Italian or Spanish. I can't remember. But he, he talks like this. And when he talks about the history, it's very relaxing. 
Yeah, but he, uh, and too, like Joe Rogan does one of his lead-ins. Like, uh, so. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. big because yeah. he has like, that's like the number, like the echelon. I heard he's <laughs> making $100,000 an episode on oh YouTube gosh. alone. I don't know if that's true. That's but, ridiculous. That's yeah. also really kind of cool. I yeah. mean, that you can just kind of sit at your home. And I hear, like, he goes on, like, marathon recording. Like, he'll record a whole week, like, in a day or two. And he'll just, like, just knock it out. And so he gets all that money, and then he's just good and has all this time where he does, you know, his free running or his elk hunting or <laughs> whatever yeah, else he's, he does. he does a lot. He's um, a beast. <laughs> that's like, uh, I'm probably about to be teaching more history classes uh, for Moralton. They mm -hmm. want me to teach... Um, what are you teaching there right now? Like, what are your Western courses? Civ is all I'm teaching right now. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm teaching one section now. And I'm teaching another section for the summer, but they're wanting me to teach like a f like five courses in the oh. fall. So, and I may do that because I really don't do anything in the daytime other than podcast. <laughs> so, um, I do. You know, I hang out with my dog. Your dog um, is the best. He's he's the man. He's so excited. Uh, <laughs> he gets to be on the podcast occasionally. He just lays here. Aww. Or he bugs the guests and licks their hand. So, but <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a wild man. But uh, you know, so during the daytime, uh, I have a noon class a couple of days a week and morning mm -hmm. class a couple of days a week. But other than that, um, I'm just teaching history or teaching martial arts or podcasting. I think it'd be cool to be in a history class with someone like you because you think of history classes and you have this idea of what the professor is oh, like I in your head. So because <laughs> I had a big beard too at the time. Oh wow. Which I just shaved again a couple of days ago but um, <laughs> or maybe it's like last weekend. But uh, and when I shave my beard they're like dude why? Why? And you I was just like professor now. I was like, I gotta keep you guys guessing. Wait till I <laughs> cut all this off and donate. Are you it. gonna do that soon? I've cut it off twice. I've gone it out twice. I'm so. about to do that. Mine's like past my hips, and oh. I'm. Over yeah, I noticed it. that in your Facebook. I was like, damn, oh, she has long it, hair, but like it doesn't really look point. that way. Yeah, like, I have it up because it is such a pain in the ass usually. But it's just, I don't know. It's poor quality and it's heavy. Mine's and it all, like and only about this long, and it's like maintaining it. Jesus Christ, how do you do it? <laughs> I. I just put my hair up in a messy bun most of the day and yeah. I don't do a lot of stuff to it. Like, cause a lot of girls, they grow, or they try to like grow their hair out really long to do stuff to it. Like, I don't know how to braid. I don't curl, like I don't curl my hair. So like people, I wish I, don't, I had a I Jedi braid. <laughs> That'd like, be awesome. I did have one one time and I've been asking people to put one in, but I just never get them to do it. Cause I'm, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. I, this is as long as I've ever had it. I've had it long a couple of times, but, this is definitely the longest. So I'm either going to get it shaped up and keep growing it out a little bit, or I don't know. We'll see. Summer's coming. You should probably shave it. It gets yeah. hot here. I used to have a shaved head like all the way. Oh, like Yeah, that's probably, it's probably why Cody said I looked like uh, Jeff Wood <laughs> because Woods has um, uh, super short hair. Mm -hmm. One time I was at Front Street Grill, which I've only been there like maybe half a dozen times ever. <laughs> Friday night was my first time. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're not missing out on a whole lot. Um <laughs> But uh, so um, anyway, I was there and somebody that I guess like a history major or something was like, hey, aren't you his son? And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I That's am. That's so flattering. <laughs> yeah, but no, I was, I trolled him for a second and I was like, no, actually, I just work there and uh, he's, he's a cool dude and. Um, Emulate what you want to be. I shave my head. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, I guess, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people said we looked alike. It's, uh, I don't know. That's Maybe crazy. we do. I used to, people used to think I used to look like my band director in high school, Mr. Ralph Brody. They were like, "Are you like his niece or like 
what's the deal yeah, there? I'm Brody. like, uh, he just might be under it. I see him occasionally. Uh, <laughs> he's doing good. He's got a baby on the way, or maybe yeah. like already here. I like, saw that. It's supposed to that. be like right happening around right now. So yeah, yeah, shout out to Brody. Yeah, shout out to new daddy Brody. <laughs> I'm gonna have Dan Stahl on the podcast. Oh, I talked to him about sweet. coming on. Yeah, that's very cool. Is he still up at like the high, like the Russellville High School doing theater mm-hmm. stuff? He's a technical director <laughs> there. See, and that is how I met Andy Milanakis, Cody Butler. <laughs> is uh, I was a TA, uh, and I was worthless as a TA. I'm so sorry, Mr. Stahl. <laughs> I was, I was a senior, and I actually I actually had, like, I kind of, like, in hindsight now, like, I, uh, when I was a senior, I got strep throat and mono. And then they found out that I had the mono and that I probably had it for a while. And and then, like, I just, I don't know, I just, just like, thought I was, like, suffering from, like, severe senioritis or whatever. But <laughs> there was, like, a whole period of time where I was just, like, yeah, that's Super like no joke. It. You just yeah. you're kind of like a zombie when you get like that sick. Yeah, but and then too, like, I got strep throat last year, and I hadn't had that I had that since that incident in high school. And oh my god! I bet it was. Like, so yeah, no, this bad. past year, I actually had to miss a week of work because I got so sick, and I never get sick like that. I got the flu this and so year. So I was just yeah, that's basically, and I've never like had the flu. I've also never had the flu shot, like the preventative thing. But it Not was bad that. this year. It was. I hate this was a record year in Arkansas. I was like reading the news the other day, like 2012 or something was a record, and we it's like the death tolls up to like 220. 230 something just in arkansas this year from flu and it, that's nuts yeah <laughs> we won't get into any of that <laughs> yeah let's not go into the vaccine <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> i'm like hey let me pull up this bill gates interview no um i am going to do a whole um series of podcasts on con- like the history of conspiracy theories and false flags and stuff like that oh yeah Give me the deets on that. Yeah. Well, see, that's what's so fascinating about this um, History on Fire podcast I was just mentioning is what mm-hmm. – have you ever heard of the My Lai Massacre? Yes. I don't know the details of it, but yes. Oh, man. Tell me more, Brian. It's it's so – like I'm actually like – it's a super depressing subject, and I'm more uh, not, uh, not as happy today having listened to the, the two episodes that I listened to in the last couple of days. Because mm. it's – okay, so basically here's the gist is – 1864 and 1968. So I am doing a big series of um, research of micro history on 1968, mm-hmm. and I'm doing a 10-episode series on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to record several at a time, but like a couple hours are going to be on LBJ and like a lot of Cold War history and stuff, mm-hmm. and then it's just gonna it's gonna move forward from there. I'm going to do one on Robert F. Kennedy. So he got assassinated in 68. Martin Luther King got assassinated in 68. Mm-hmm. Ted Offensive happened in 68. The My Lai Massacre happened in 68. Mm-hmm. All of this horrible shit happened in 68. And yeah. it's 50 years. Little Rock 9, 68. Yeah, that was 68 too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Democratic riots. Uh, the riots at the Democratic National Convention, 1968. Crazy videos out there on that. Um, LBJ at that convention s- says that he's not running for re-election. That happened in 1968. Yeah. So, hello. Hi. Hey, Cora. Hello. We're just we're talking about 1968 in here in the Milan massacre. <laughs> I didn't go down. I know. Hey, will you close the door for me? Yes. Thank you. Oh no. Her boot. Her boot. <laughs> yeah, she smashed her big toe knuckle on somebody's knee, I think, in her MMA fight. She just had an MMA fight. You guys are beasts. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. She's a beast. I'm. I'm just. I'm just a coach. I'm, <laughs> 
I've already done all that stuff. <laughs> like I had to, I had to, I kind of had to beat the shit out of somebody recently. It happens every so often. I usually am not the one that has to do it. It's just like you get somebody in the gym that's like out to like knock people out. It's oh, like for example, yeah. Like for example, you know Damon Redman. Yeah. So he he's um he's like uh, fighting with us right now, and mm -hmm. he just competed and just won. Nice. But there's this kid that came in and like he like try to not, not try to knock Damon out and Damon's just kind of like working and Damon's like way bigger than this guy <laughs> and this dude like like threw this crazy hard as he could punch at him and like mouse design and Damon like knocked him out the body shot like being yeah, being not can, being a nice guy well, yeah you can't like let it get worse than that yeah well and we're really like not like I probably only um get my fighters to spar super hard for like two weeks in a camp like we train for like six eight weeks minimum like mm -hmm. pretty like pretty um it, it starts it builds you know we start off we get a pace going and then like i'm trying to get them like into flow sparring mode for like nine rounds and we'll take a couple of weeks okay. where we hit it hard mm -hmm. and they're able to do like nine twelve rounds of however long their rounds are going to be for their fight mm -hmm. in practice of just sparring and then you know we do drill work and all this other stuff but this you know some people they just want to come in and like Knock off yeah, I know. And some gyms exist that way. Like, uh, we have a guy that's coaching for us right now that came from Atlanta. He does my MMA show with me a lot. I do oh. an MMA show about mm -hmm. every week. But um, he said, like, there was a big gym and, like, a lot of different coaches and a lot of different members. And it's like, if you came in, it was like you had to immediately, like, exert dominance in a sparring match. Like, so, like, just, like, whether it's MMA or kickboxing or boxing or whatever. That's intimidating. Or it would be, I mean, it yeah, I don't, me. I don't like that culture. So, like, we do not work that way mm -hmm. at all. I mean, we spar four days a week minimum, usually five days a week if you count our MMA practice. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> but, so we're always trying to balance that narrative. Here's something else disturbing. So, like, you being that, that, so, like, this person being smaller or you being a smaller person than me or just, like, you could say lighter weight people or females sparring mm -hmm. like like let's say I'm the average training partner, 190 pounds, six foot tall, mm -hmm. and let's say a whole um, sect of people, not just females, but like lighter weights, like 145 down, yeah, like 115. Let's say somebody that fights in that weight class probably walks around 122 or something. Mm -hmm. So this spread of people and they don't weigh a whole a uh, whole lot in comparison to you. So like when you get to sparring hard with those people. If I hit you like an 80% shot, like that's your 80% and my 80% are, are going to be Very drastically different. different. Yeah. So it's like, so then you'll have a lighter person throw a hundred percent shot and then that person will throw an 80 and it knocks the lighter person out or concusses them. And then here's the thing that happened. Like we do this tournament every, uh, every so often that Cora's won twice and, um, Two different females who, uh, coincidentally, I'm sure this happened with males too, but mm -hmm. this this in the same year, two females who had been concussed in practice previously without n maybe knowing it, maybe not knowing it, mm -hmm. went and fought in this tournament. Like Cora's first time in the tournament fought three times in two days. Like the first, that's the, a lot. Yeah, the second person she fought had had like 32 fights or something. Yeah. That doesn't seem. I mean, I don't know things about this, but that doesn't seem like it would be healthy or sustainable. It's like. not. <laughs> so <laughs> tournament fighting is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. It's different. It's like the same thing for like golden gloves and boxing is a mm -hmm. tournament. I'm sure you've heard about that. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's different. Usually you just fight one night, one person, you're good. So she fought twice in one day and then once the next day in the finals, right? But 
a couple years before that, this um, these two girls had been knocked out or reconcussed in their fights in mm-hmm. that tournament and then died. That's serious. Yeah. So we don't spar very hard all the time. <laughs> we don't want to kill our people. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I did like um, after kind of like that one incident happened um, with Damon. I'd like warn that kid. I'm like, hey, you know, blah blah. blah. And then he like he'd go really hard, and then he couldn't go anymore. And I'm like, no, dude, we want to live the fight life. Get get your ass back out here. <laughs> We're sparring, you yeah. know. So and then like one day, one day I was sparring with him, and he had just like sparred hard with uh, one of the other people, and. I was just like, he started trying to just like, like all out brawl with me. And I was just like, dude, I'm about to put you down. It's like, I gotta put you in your place. (laughs) And and I hate, I was like, I was, I was pissed about having to do it. Cause I just like, so gentle and kind. I, yeah, I'm a crazy (laughs) person, but I, well, see, that's just it. Like I've done this in life and like, I have actually been hit in the head a lot. Like, I don't, I don't notice any effects of it. Like the only thing I really notice is I have like, um, horrible short-term memory, but that could just not be from, yeah, it could be from other things that that (laughs) go on in my life, you know, but, um, and it's, it was, see, like, what's weird is like today. I'm just noticing how much better I'm doing on my short-term memory. Cause usually I'll go off. Like, I notice this all the time. I'll be telling a story and I'll, I'll be like, uh, and why was I telling that story about the sparring with the girls dying? <laughs> well, how did I get there? Yeah, What's the, where do I need to I be I wouldn't now? have been able to make it all the way back to that guy I had to beat up. But <laughs> anyway, that's whatever crazy. brought us I there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even No, but that's nice. I can't imagine being in a, uh, it would be weird to be in like a, I guess a work. I mean, you love what you do, but it's still work, I guess, because it's your. It own it place. is. Well, you like it's like, um, I, like we really try to preserve like a certain type of culture, mm-hmm. and that's part of it. Is like, hey, no one in here that's in here right now thinks that sparring hard is the way. You know, like yeah. even there's some l- fighters at the highest level that do not spar, at like ever at all. At all. So there's that, and 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 cool. they are among the that. best in the world. They're like, I've already done all that. <laughs> they drill. So like, here the thing is, is like it's um, <sighs> when you get to a certain level, uh, it physically and mentally uh, with your technique and like you know, it's like, hey, I'm in this weight class. I'm not moving up. I'm not moving down. I can make the weight every time. Um, people just get settled in and they're, you know, they've had a career and they've had several fights and learned all these lessons. And it becomes about like, man, my body has taken a lot of abuse over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, I'm not can, like, I'm not trying to compete. I never competed pro. Um, but I corner all these people that do. And I'm super mm-hmm. like, that is one thing. Like right after we had three people fight and my boxer who fought last night and won, mm-hmm. he didn't get like, he didn't, he got hit like maybe twice, you know? Oh, so in geez. six minutes, he is a savage. <laughs> And, um, but then my arcade boxer just goes out there and gets in a war <laughs> and like, we're just like, holy shit. He Are comes back it, and he's like, dude, I'm so tired in the second round. I'm like, bro, take it easy, take calm it. down. Let's just sit here and just talk about how we're going to be breathing. And so like, I calm him down for like 30 seconds and then I'm like, here's what we need. I need you to do more of this and more of that. Mm-hmm. Say it back. What am I going to do? And he's like, this and that. <laughs> And then I asked him, I was like, you remember what I told you to do? And he's like, no, I don't remember I couldn't handle anything. that kind of like adrenaline or that kind of it's pressure. Cr- See, I don't really like, like it either, honestly. It's, oh, that's a lot. I'm like, it's weird. I competed 
a lot in jujitsu, mm-hmm. and even in that, I never, I never enjoyed doing it. I think I, c- I competed close to a hundred times. I forget how many times I competed. I competed like fifty times at purple belt, mm-hmm. uh, over fifty times. So like I, it's like I can't even keep track of how many times it was. So I competed a lot, and I competed uh, in judo a time or two, and um, I've, I've had fights. I've, mm-hmm. I've had fights in kickboxing and MMA. But I just like, it's like jumping off the high dive. Like I did it a few times, but I never liked doing it. It was more like, um, I see these other people doing it. And then these other people make fun of me because <laughs> I don't want to do it. I'm going to go do it just <laughs> to prove them wrong. Just to be the normal language. Yeah. And then I can say I did it. And what made, how'd you get started? Like what made you want to do this? Just like being physical or. I actually would have never got into it. Just like a buddy of mine, uh, like right after we graduated high school, was like, dude, you want to go train MMA at Inferno? <laughs> when Inferno was Bro, in Clarksville. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we went and we did it. And uh, then he stopped training after a while. And, and now you're a master. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I have I've just earned my third bite belt, actually. Oh, congrats. So That's thanks. But um, – that's uh, so I just got my bite belt in jujitsu, which it takes the longest to earn. So it uh, like it was like 11, 11 years and four months was the it's like a PhD. That's a that's kind of interesting. I didn't know. I yeah. figured it was just like a few months. No, I mean, like, no, no, no. That, I mean, I am kind of ignorant when it does come to that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's well, I mean, so no, I mean, like Taekwondo, for example, mm-hmm. like in this very town that we uh, live in, mm-hmm. you, you could go in and start paying like maybe $300 a month in this scenario. We don't, our, our like unlimited family membership is like, oh yeah, you got a family of five, y'all can all train for like 200 bucks. <laughs> You know, that's cool. that's awesome. yeah, we're super, uh, and we don't do contracts or anything like this. So, but like mm. this, this example of this would be, um, a real location. And this is based off what people that come to us tell me mm-hmm. would be like, okay, you sign up, you want to get a black belt. You say, that's why you're here. That's going to be a contract. You're going to pay $300 a month for three years. And, um, sometime during that period of time, usually about like a year and a half in people are in bite belts in Taekwondo. That doesn't seem and, very... And I'll beat the shit out of those people. Very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'll show them their black belts are shit. But, well, I mean, it's... Well, see, taekwondo, taekwondo's, it can, it can be really cool. It, mm-hmm. it can be really effective. Like, anything that becomes a sport gets, like, super stylized, so it becomes weird. Like, uh, I've been joking around with people because... Um, do, are you familiar with, like, the position? Do you watch any MMA? Mm-mm. So imagine, like, this position full mount where like you're on your back and um, I'm like sitting, like straddling you, mm-hmm. but that's called full mount. And that's where like people like to punch each other from, <laughs> but I've just been doing this to people. I just like, I get them in that and you can't do this in any sporting contest. It's illegal. Oh. I just get them there and then I choke them like this oh. and they freak out. And I it's awesome. Freak. I mean, just hearing that is, it's awesome to watch people just. Yeah. Well, see, in MMA, you can do that, but you can't squeeze and you can hit. But so like that's the example of the stylization of sport is Uh like you have all these protections like, hey, we're going to put a ref in there and blah, blah, blah. So like we balance all that is like big on self-defense because the reality is, is any gym, most of the people don't compete. Mm hmm. You know, so and then I have all these people that do jujitsu that don't do striking. Oh, so I got to teach them how to deal with people that might be striking at them. And then they wouldn't want to strike back. 
Is that, or, or would they do that in that well, scenario? Well, it depends. I teach, I, teach, um, I teach all that to about everybody anymore. But, mm-hmm. like, think about this. Like, uh, have you ever done any punching? Unfortunately. Okay, cool. <laughs> I always, anytime I, I, anytime I train people and I'm teaching them the hook, I'm like, have you ever slapped anyone? And they're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's like that, but with your fist. I was like, you wouldn't do this. You're going to go all the way through with yeah. it. And, um, <clears throat> but, uh, so punching is, is like an art form. And like, for example, my boxer, Tim last night, lightly sprained his thumb because even the most elite level strikers, which he is a high level striker miss people yeah. move mm-hmm. it, like Cora jacked up this, like uh, jammed her or sprained her knuckle. So like jammed her finger and sprained her knuckle both. So like when she would do that, it was just like excruciating pain. And that's actually Everything hard you to do hurt. Excruciating. <laughs> well, this is really hard to hurt, right? Like yeah. look how your thumb supports those two fingers. Yeah. That's human evolution right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like these are, they, they, they call that a boxer's fracture. When you break those two fingers. Oh, because it's kind of going to happen. Yeah, yeah, so you just have this unique little club with these fingers. Yeah. And like, but so like I usually teach like people that don't do striking to like palm, to palm people. Just okay. like, wow. That hurts too. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to tell, like I would just, uh, my, we were talking about this. I did a private lesson with one of my coaches the other day and um, he was talking briefly about slapping someone on the ear. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a big believer in that. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> I got be- one time a group, we were drilling jujitsu, and my buddy Nathan Murdoch, he, like, did a crazy, like, the technique, you do, like, a, a flip of some kind, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, he landed, and his foot, like, smacked my ear and perforated my eardrum. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. think about how sensitive those are. And I know a lot of people, they teach you to, like, you know, club their ears or, like, do, like, do, like, the air pocket mm-hmm. thing to yeah. where it, like, makes it hurt. yeah. Or you could just pull their ear off. It only takes like 22 pounds of pressure to sever a human ear. That's crazy. I also heard that it's really easy to bite a finger off. It's like biting a carrot, but your brain just like tells you not to do it. And then I bit a carrot when it said that, and then that kind of freaked me out, and I was like, ah. Have you seen that sh- uh, show on Netflix, The Outsider? It's no. got it's got Jared Leto in it. Oh, you gotta watch that. Okay. I think I think I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't no, like that, it. No, that's Mr. Nobody. I was like, I was thinking about like the cover of it but that's not it okay i'm gonna give you a a quick spoiler so it's about (laughs) the yakuza okay and jared leto's character he is in this prison post-world war ii Mm -hmm. and he gets out he helps this guy in there who's like connected to the yakuza Mm -hmm. and that guy gets him out when he gets out and um so like that guy like like cuts himself open so he can go to the infirmary but anyway so, like, he helps him by, like, calling the guards. Oh, he's going to die. And then he gets the infirmary. Yeah. He's able to call. Like, people don't know he's in there or whatever. So, but it's all about this Yakuza crime family battles in Japan post-World War II, like, right after the war, American occupation still going on. Mm-hmm. And at one point, um, these people have dishonored the family. So, it's like like the father, like the, the patriarch or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, Don Vito Corleone of <laughs> Japan and the Yakuza. Japan. <laughs> He's like sitting there and they like set this cutting board out. And like the, the one guy walks up and he like puts his finger on and goes, <laughs> and like cuts his like oh exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Biting carrots. It's like, what it reminded like it just me stressed of. It. My brain, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, well, one guy did it to two fingers, and the other guy did it to one finger. And then they sent the fingers, because I guess, like, three people have been killed or whatever, they yeah. sent the fingers to the people that were mad at him. The Yakuza's no joke. 
That sounds real. Okay, The Outsider, right? Yeah. I need to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, Jared Leto is pretty pretty good actor, actually. Yeah, he, I like him better now behind the screen than behind the mic. He, yeah, 30, did they just, did they already play at the amp? Uh, it's, com- well, it's coming it's, up. It's coming up soon. Yeah, I don't remember. We just did a giveaway. I considered, for that yeah, yeah. I don't, okay. their new album, America, is super weird. I like, so, it has yeah. like Halsey <coughs> on it and yeah. like ASAP Rocky, and I'm like, uh, this feels weird. I, yeah, I haven't listened to any of their new music. Me like, either. I remember that song. Um, oh, man, I don't even remember the name. There were two songs of theirs I really liked, like, a long time ago. Um, but I can't even remember the names. Bury Me, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, The Kill. The Kill, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, I knew it was That one's that. good, and then there's... Oh. There's another one off that it's album like a slow, that Yeah, I really that's liked. the album. That's, yeah. like, the only album. And after that, I'm just like, I don't... It's a weird direction. Every... And I, I don't know. That's kind of prevalent with a lot of artists that I'm seeing, so... Yeah, so, plus... So, okay, so here's why um, I think, too... Um, your radio station is because so did you so did you just like you did this big thing a while back on like jack white's new material do you like come up with all that yourself like you're like and um, i was like oh i'm listening to this right now i do, 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 do. i put it up on spotify i do a, a different stuff like my show starts at six and i get it work around like five thirty, and so i'll do like different news prep because i like to do my news coverage is all local like river valley in arkansas but for entertainment i do like music and then books and like sometimes like netflix stuff or like science technology but I'll do like new music and I kind of go back and archive it and try to throw it in. I pull some di- from different sources too. Like I'll check like alt, alt press, I'll check like billboard and spin and filter and kind of see what they're covering because they all typically cover the same thing. And so that way, whatever I'm saying is trying not, try not to too, over yeah. current, but not oversaturated. Like I'm not trying to talk about what everyone else is hearing about from all these other sources. And so, um, but yeah, Boarding House Reach from Jack White just it, like that just came out, and it was it, it was a kind he's of a playing cool at Memphis album. in May. Yeah, he's playing at Memphis yeah. in May, and he's been like um, doing a lot of things with hip hop lately, like the last year or two. And then he has that uh, I don't remember what the show is on Netflix, but like each segment or each compilation video is like him and like a really good like he he did a feature with Nas. Like oh, I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Yeah, well, he had just had those two singles out when I when you were talking about him, and I was like, oh, I didn't know he was coming out with new music. Thanks. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. This sounds awesome. <laughs> like, but I think that that's I think that is more in line with the type of information I would like to hear. Like, so many of my friends, like in my own, because I'm about to be 31 next Friday, and like, Happy early birthday. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, they're like, oh, I don't listen to the radio. F that, you know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, mostly. But um, like, I don't know. Yeah, like the reason I started listening to 971 station is because there's actually decent music being played on there. Mm-hmm. You know? We work really hard. Like with we work, we have really good third party consultants. They actually do all the programming because they work with like the artists to make sure like royalties and all the legal things are in order. But we actually at least where we're at locally, we're really good about getting constant contact from listeners. Like we really do. If people call in and they're like, stop playing this song or like they gripe about this artist, like, um, we actually listen and we really want to do what everyone else wants to hear. No Nickelback. No more Nickelback. No, well, Nickelback plays on 109. Good. They can stay over there. Yeah. We're trying like right now with 97.1, like, it has a lot of what our classic rock station, like there's a lot of, there's, in my opinion, there's too much Zeppelin, there's too much Metallica. And I'm just like, can we uh, get away from this? And yeah, then add what, some more. What like, do you think about Led Zeppelin real quick? 
<laughs> been talking to, I was talking about them on the podcast okay. a lot because of Aleister Crowley, and now I'm talking about them for other reasons. Um, Led Zeppelin. <clears throat> we couldn't be where we are in a rock industry, in a rock genre without them. They're not my favorite now just because it's – we live in the South, and, like, my aunts and my uncles and all my cousins, like, that's all that they listened to when Isn't we were, like... funny? Yeah, well, I c funny, I guess. It was, like, it got annoying there for a while because but I'm, like... But, like, how I'm universal of a band they are. Oh, yeah, and people think they're, like, the echelon. I don't know. <clears throat> my, one of my girlfriends last night was actually wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt when we Cora were has it. one. <laughs> um, and so here's the crazy thing that most casual Led Zeppelin fans don't know. Over 20 of their songs are plagiarized. Mm -hmm. mm. I just found this out recently. They settled out of court on Stairway to Heaven. They paid I millions. Yeah, I read about that. They paid millions over their plagiarism. Uh, and um, also there's this crazy um, cult symbology, or uh, the occult rather. Mm. Uh, like all of the um, these symbols, like on the drum kit, like the three circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a called, um, those are called Crowleyisms of Aleister Crowley. Uh -huh. He's, he was this cult leader. Uh, yeah, from the UK, uh, he died in the early 1900s, but Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Page was obsessed with him, bought really? his old house, bought, had, oh, his, had this, yeah, and obsessed. lived in it. Um, and it like, yeah, everybody thought it was haunted and it actually burned down like after he sold it. So <clears throat> yeah, Aleister Crowley, crazy, crazy, crazy dude out there. Like, uh, that Ozzy Osbourne song, Mr. Crowley, that's yeah. what it's about. I'm going to have to go and research him a little bit. So all, of the, the, all four of the band members have, like, one of the symbols, like, on their, like, on his, on Robert Plant's mic stand or something. Let me see if I can find them for you now that I'm just talking about it. See, what I... I had no idea. Yeah. See, what I want to be able to do is, just like what I'm doing right here, I would just do this on the Mac, but I'm, like, recording here, so I'm not going to, mm -hmm. not going to do anything. But, um, I'm going to type in, uh, where I can pull this up, I'm going to use that is a monitor to where mm -hmm. it pops up on the camera because right yeah. now the I like I've circum um, navigated to where I don't use the mic on the camera mm -hmm. um, and it's it, this goes on to the camera so nice. yeah which, did you do it all yourself well Jerry Bruckheimer's nephew actually is who helped me with oh. the, with doing that particular part but everything else I've done myself for the most part one of my other buddies um, is a so these are these are the symbols right yeah. These are all Aleister Crowley symbols. That says Zoso. Mm -hmm. um, that was John Bonham's symbol on the drum kit. This feather here. I can't remember who was what. I think this trinity was Robert Plant's. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, so you are not a casual Led Zeppelin fan. <clears throat> well, I didn't even know that was a Crowleyism at the time that I got it when <laughs> I was 19 years old. <laughs> yeah. And then now I'm like, yeah. <laughs> got lit up but too now I'm just kind of like the na the main reason I hate on Tony Robbins so much is because he's plagiarized like sentences and paragraphs of, of like people's work and had to settle out of court in court and all this stuff. So like I'm pretty pretty uh. being a prof being a professor on the side and I don't know I just have a major problem with academic dishonesty. Well, it's so uh, there's a difference between simple and easy, and people want everything to be easy. And it's not necessarily, but like coming up with your own content is simple. And I, I don't know, people that do that, I, we had a problem in one of my, it was a history and political science class. One of the people wrote their, you know, term paper or whatever. And it was just like totally fucked. They had like, it was super plagiarized. And I was just like, what do you, Why like you you're doing yourself a dis, like a, an injustice. Why are you doing that? Oh. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I would say that's like the the things that I notice now that I'm like on that side of the classroom. <laughs> I mean, when I was a GA, I didn't even notice it, but now I'm just like, you guys. Like literally, here's what I do before before the test. I'm like, hey guys, on Tuesday. And I send an email out. I'm like, on Tuesday, and I'm announcing this in the Thursday class. On mm -hmm. Tuesday, I'm going to be reviewing the test. I will be reading every question from the test and telling you the answer. You should show up. That way you can make an A on the test. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I do that. And uh, still, like last test, we had like so many bad grades. And then I was like, everybody wrote me a explanation of why you suck and why <laughs> I should give you a better grade. Well, no, and that was really frustrating because like I had classes in, I mean, at tech or whatever, and it felt just kind of like an extension of high school because it's yeah. like we weren't really reaching levels of higher critical thinking. See, that's my main goal is to teach them. And like, I actually had um, one student that like I was, cause I was talking about Genghis Khan and I like went deep. <laughs> For like two weeks, I was oh, just wow. like, uh, yeah, I was telling them, I was telling them all about it. And <laughs> this one girl after class, and it, I think it was Genghis Khan, or like we had just talked about so much raping and pillaging by the time we hit Christopher Columbus that like she was disturbed. She's like, <laughs> could sure. could you tell me the days you're going to talk about these things? Because I don't want to be here. <laughs> I was just like, damn, history is sad. Yeah, uh, it People, is, and, they, and that's and it's funny. Like it might, that's like that's humorous or whatever. But a lot of like I'm seeing it a lot more we kind of we just skip over the uh not so great part sometimes okay so we were talking about that earlier so the sand creek and mila massacres mm -hmm. that's what so core came in i got distracted short-term <laughs> memory <laughs> but um so in uh 64 the cheyenne colorado territory like outside of denver mm -hmm. Get massacred by the United States military, like in a peaceful village with an American flag and a white flag raised. They were like had just struck an agreement with the government and, and like surrendered. And but there was this other violent tr sect of the tribe called the Dog Soldiers, and they mm -hmm. had been causing some problems. Everybody knew that these people, like it was just an atrocity. And all of these, like the accounts of the things that happened, actually made. Um, I shared this uh, post on. Uh, Facebook earlier and probably no one knew what it was or anything, but I'll, I will read it on the podcast. I'm excited. <laughs> but, uh, this, uh, Danelli Bellelli guy on history on fire, he has these, um, it, it's an episode called anything that moves. There's like three parts to it. The parallel stories of sand Creek and me lie. Mm -hmm. Um, but this guy, uh, so this guy was one of the peace chiefs. He was a member of this thing called the council of 44. And they were, they wanted to have peace with, with the whites. So, um, and he like runs out when these, so these, um, there's no warriors in the camp. The army surrounds the camp before daylight, puts cannons out and like they all huddle up around this flag. And there's this chief named Black Kettle and he's like, Hey, th no, they're not going to do this. I, they like everything. There's an honorable agreement that's been made. We're going to be taken care of. We're peaceful. I put up the flag like they told me to do. And there's this one guy named White Antelope that he um, he starts walking out towards them with, like, hands up and a white flag in one hand. And they shot that dude. And he was singing his death song when they shot him. But uh, his death song is, nothing lives long, only the earth and the mountains. The death song of Chief White Antelope of the Cheyenne tribe murdered and mutilated by American soldiers at Sand Creek, 1864. 
they they like uh, cut off his nose, they scalped him, and they cut off his testicles, and they used his testicles for a tobacco pouch. That's fucked up. Yeah, super fucked up. That gets you. Yeah, it does. And then 104 years later, we're doing even worse shit with um, a way like with grenade launchers and M16s, you know, yeah. in Vietnam. And it's it's mm-hmm. even more like because we have we have photos of that. Yeah, there's, you like, know? there's proof of it. But that I mean, like it, it was all and like the thing the thing was, is the guy who committed that Sand Creek massacre was a politician. He's running for the Colorado territories like seat of Congress or Senate or whatever yeah. it was. I can't remember. His name was Shivington. And here's the thing. The guy that committed the meal I massacre was sentenced to life in prison, appealed, got it reduced to 20 years, appealed again, and only served three years of house arrest and is free walking around today. Lieutenant Cowley. It's crazy because a lot of people don't even know these stories, you know. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the extent of that, especially like the appeals with the trial, because it's. I think it's really. Nixon let him off. It's tragic how what what we value. I think in modern Western culture, like what, especially like not only from politics, but like with the military. From I mean, even personally like your friends when you hear them like when you when you hear them talk or like if they get if they get mad about something how their viewpoint changes like when suddenly it's something that they don't want to hear and it's like all the logic that you've built on up up to a point you you disregard well because yeah suddenly your emotions get away and I, that's it's so dangerous well and like with studying these things because like I've, i took a class on the vietnam war so i'm like mm-hmm. well i was well aware of me lie um then and i've written a paper on it and i covered it in grad school and have watched documentaries about it but like these, like hearing different historians talk about it, like, the, like, but Bellelli didn't do part B over me. Like it was this other guy named, I think his name was Daryl Cooper. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong on the name, but, um, he was talking about like, what blows my mind is he was talking about how like there's, so there's all these different participants in these massacres, like people that were like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Let's kill, kill them all. Like, like literal to, quotes, yeah. kill them all. And, um, then some people were like, hey, I was just following orders, you know, my boss, my, my boss and his boss told me to do this and I was doing what I was told to do. And then there's some people that were like, no, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then people that tried to stop it. Mm-hmm. Both massacres had all of those types of people. OK, so but here's another thing is you have people that existed in different groups at the same time. So you uh-huh. had um, like. And in different ranks. So you had this one guy that was like literally like sexually assaulting someone. We'll just leave it at that. This whole, the whole story of what he was doing and how he was doing it is super fucked up. But so he's sexually assaulting a Vietnamese lady holding her child. And um, his superior yells at him. He's like, hey, stop doing that. Later he testifies. He's like, you can't be uh, an effective soldier if you're getting a blowjob. Like basically yeah. is what... And he was like, that's why I told him to stop. This guy, like, like just on down the tree line or whatever, refuses to shoot a group of women and children that get shot by his superior that told him to stop getting whatever he was getting taken care of over there. Because he had a problem shooting those people, but he didn't have a problem raping someone. You know? Like, very not we always have our very thi- our own very thin line and we're always ready to move it w- in whatever 
whatever can benefit us in that moment. We don't really, and, and that's something like, at the as I've gotten older, like being able to draw a line for yourself, I mean, that that's extreme. Like those are atrocious things, but like you can do it down to something like, I'm going to keep this line regardless of, what, whatever the situation is, whatever it benefits me, because like sexual assault, whatever, that's a big hot topic right now, but that's a whole other nightmarish conversation. But like, it's actually like physically pleasing or it's a stimulant or whatever. But then, so, so you, some, you're okay with it or something like you can rationalize it, but people tend to rationalize things just in the name of benefiting yourself. And I think that that's the, the selfish mindset that a lot of people have is just a really dangerous place to be. And it, it's disturbing. Because you see, it's so prevalent now and it's so widespread, like with media. And you can just, it's in your face constantly that you can, it's almost like you can be a fortune teller and see where we're going just because of the state we're in now. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing. It's like, I think that what, what raises more awareness and like why I like that these guys did a parallel between these two events 100 years apart um, is that now like there's some iconic images and I'm going to get them like that's what that wall is getting saved for is uh, a big collage of images mm -hmm. um, but now uh, so you've probably have you seen any like iconic Vietnam War era images that, that pop out in your head like the girl that had um, oh, yeah. running that had been um, was it like uh, Agent Orange or um, Napalm she had been yeah. covered in Napalm or the Buddhist monk setting the himself Buddhist on fire yeah um, self-immolation. So the, these people were like gunned down right after this photo was taken. What people don't, um, didn't realize at the time is that like I at this event, they had photog they had military photographers there, you know, and this is called, so if you Google the, la the radiant lady in red, mm -hmm. but like you got, looks like, uh, a grandma, and then two mothers and two kids, and there's a picture of them laying on the ground that exists too, because they got just downed, because they suspected that that Hamlet had uh, Viet Cong. Suspected. I mean, it, it had some activity previously. Like, what really got those people doing that is like they had like fallen into all these booby traps, and like if you hear the story about how that particular company. And those, uh, like, you, you do feel bad for them, and then it's just like, oh, I don't feel that bad for you. <laughs> what's crazy is this one guy lands his helicopter because he sees what's going on, and he, he stops it. He stops the whole massacre from mm -hmm. happening. And he's like, there's these soldiers chasing these women that are, like, across this field, and they're going to hide in this bunker. And they they were doing that, and then they were throwing grenades in the bunkers and then spraying the bunkers with M16s. And he landed the thing, and he, um, like, all of these all these soldiers had to testify and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So he landed his helicopter, and he tells the, the crew, he's like, if those soldiers shoot one of those people, you kill you kill them. You kill those American soldiers. And, um, like, one of the soldiers testifies later that, like, it's like when he saw the guns turned on him, it was like waking up from a dream. That's what he testified. And, it, like, just crazy. I think it's – I don't – my personal thoughts on the way that, like, because, you know, that there's a lot of people in the military that say, oh, I'm doing my job, and it's for the benefit of whatever common good. But it's just like, do you – I don't think you really know myself, anyone, unless you are, like, the top people in whatever branch of the military or whatever branch of the government. Like, you don't actually know what's going on. Like, you don't know the real reason for whatever you're doing. 
And it's I think it's really dangerous in the name of patriotism, in the name of love, you know, whatever it might be to put like to to put yourself in that situation to be like, am I like to have to make that call? It's it's a nightmare. I wouldn't do it. I know I could never like a <clears throat> just somewhat recently some some guy. And I think he's actually become a wrestling coach since the <laughs> time he asked me to do this. Is I saw him comment on some status like that uh, I promoted promoted the dad of one of the students that I guess he wrestles on his team at Pottsville mm -hmm. uh, to blue belt the other day. And he's like, Brian should come get on the wrestling mat. And I'm like, bro, I own wrestling mats. I've been <laughs> on the wrestling mat for 11 years. Um, long before you ever knew anything about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had contacted me. He's like an army recruiter. And he's like, bro, you should join. And I was like, we'll pay your college. Uh, yeah. Well, I, like this was like, this was like two years ago or oh, something. Yeah. Like I'm like, man, like, tell me why I would do that. I was like, I have a master's degree. Um, I'm a, this huge difference maker in my opinion, in my mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have a nonprofit and I train people for free. And I have all these people who are better people and examples of this and that, blah, blah, blah. So you tell me why you would even ask me to do that. <laughs> I was like, do you think I would want to leave this life like behind and go, um, be a, a you know a patsy for somebody yeah. no no i was like offended that he asked me. yeah it's kind of it, i mean it's almost and i was like i'm 28 years old dude like and he's Where's like you you should be a ranger and i was like like aragorn <laughs> that would uh, yeah that would be especially because there's no thought to it all they want to do is increase output it's like they don't obviously they don't care about you as an individual or they probably wouldn't have I know. People well, and I guess they have to meet a quota of like a certain Quotas number of, the, of people. Like, because I've, I've had <laughs> over over the years, I've had people contact me and be like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm being a recruiter right now, and I gotta." I like, my you brother think that a lot with what you do, like, because I mean, all the prep that you have to do for your, you know, body and athleticism. Like, there's probably a lot of different. I want, have you ever gotten contacted for like any sort of like fitness, like m meals or like supplemental no type thing, like. but i'm gonna probably try and get like one of the things i just haven't put any effort into because like i was telling core over breakfast slash brunch whatever <laughs> whatever it was i had the fried chicken at cracker barrel it was oh, exquisite sunday brunch then yes brunch. <laughs> was, we got there we got there at brunch but it was like definitely after lunchtime by the time i got my food <laughs> but um <clears throat> there's that short-term memory what were we talking about Chicken, breakfast, fitness, fitness. Oh, yes. Um, well, I don't remember. For fitness, people people are always contacting me um, for different things, but I'm trying to monetize the podcast mm -hmm. and get some like, so that Bowelli guy, he has a blue apron as his, one of his sponsors. Nice. You know, so <laughs> I haven't, like, I saw Cora over breakfast at like a lot of um, the preliminary, like these first hundred episodes, so you're like the 52nd episode mm -hmm. uh, for the podcast is like a lot of, preliminary figuring things out on the audio and video yeah. by the time I'm a hundred to 250 episodes and I should have full monetization across multiple platforms a few sponsors I'm trying to get sponsored by like uh, Nugsnet or Quello mm -hmm. somebody that will let me like I would do a music unraveled series where we like oh, so I just saw Dr. Dog in concert last Monday did you, you go up to George's Majestic <laughs> yeah I did God. I wanted to go to that it show. It was good. It was, it so, was so good. They rocked. And then also the opening band, uh, a guy named Kyle Kraft, but he had like five other musicians playing with him. Oh. An organ player, a pianist. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. That and, takes intense talent. 
like yeah. to do a, a yeah. live performance like that? Well, we saw Jimmy Herring from Widespread Panic play with like, and they were all instrumental, but they had an organ and a pianist. And um, anyways, Kyle Craft guy was awesome. He did like a Patsy Cline cover, and oh, wow. yeah, he could sing. He's from Lafayette. But he's like moved all over. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe it wasn't Lafayette. Maybe Shreveport. He's from not very far away from here. Yeah. But uh, then Dr. Dog came out, and they killed it. Oh, my God. I wanted to go really bad. I was talking to my peeps up at Georgia's, trying to get tickets for the radio station, like, doing Mm -hmm. promotional stuff. Yeah. And they were like, no, this is going to, like, sell out. I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Like, it sold out. I saw it on the program, and I was just like. I was on the rail. I was on the road. Yeah. Uh, There's videos um, that, like, because I go with a professor buddy of mine that we work at Moralton together. And um, we went and saw Drive-By Truckers together at Georgia's. We saw Todd Snyder. We saw Jimmy Herring. I'm I just trying love to think that who we've seen. Yeah, it's they have good. A, they always have a really great one. I um, I got to see Lucero when they were up at Yeah, Georgia's, I haven't seen them in years, that but was a uh, yeah, I, I well see the same guy. He went to him, and then he saw a Deer Tick at the Rev Room on Friday night. They played there with oh, cool. John Moreland, maybe. Are you going that to Are you going like to Backwoods? Um, I want to go to Backwoods. We're, um, I'm. I personally am going to get tickets, like regardless, and we're trying to do some like different promotional. I'm things thinking with about the, sneaking. The lineup looks really. really Sunday good. night is when I want to go. I can't believe like everybody I want to see for the most part is on Sunday night, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I got well, stuff I to do on Monday, guys. Yeah, that's my thing. I was just like, uh, I have it's like 6 a.m. But Sunday night sounds really good, and Saturday there's a few. I don't remember set like in the midday. That, yeah, that sounded I think really it, good. is that maybe STS Nine? Yeah, playing. STS yeah. Nine. Uh, Sun Squabby. I think they do. Yeah, yeah. I think they're playing uh, two total hours. But Sun Squabby plays. Uh, they opened for the Floozies one time, and we were just like, "Fuck the Floozies, Sun Squabby!" <laughs> <laughs> like they shred. Oh my god. And um, they put out a whole bunch of new music since I saw them. Oh, cool. So I want to see them. And then the Floozies play that night. Floozies mm-hmm. are awesome. I've seen them play a couple of times. I've seen the Floozies play up at Georgia's when mm-hmm. they were there a little bit ago. So Yeah. What see, I didn't go to the last one to? ever. Oh, Roger Waters. Nice. I saw him twice. Oh, twice. In 2017. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Because um, I'm, a, I'm a Pink Floyd fan, but like, uh, and I'm a David Gilmer fan. And still, like, multiple times, I was like, oh, man, David Gilmore was playing that song <laughs> right now. But David Gilmore played, um, just recently, he played, um, in 2017, he released, uh, what was it? Live Pompeii, Live in Pompeii. So they did, Pink Floyd did an album, Live in Pompeii, way back oh, in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's awesome. Uh, there's, a, there's a song on there that uh, called Echoes. It's mm-hmm. really, really good. And so he like did a thing where he played there. So like then Roger Waters is on tour in that same year. And we went and saw him in Tulsa. My buddy Colby saw him in Kansas city. Mm -hmm. And, um, then we both went and saw him in Nashville. So, uh, the, the show itself production wise was like out of this world. Like they had, they had like a big psych type screen behind the stage. They had like 13 total people, at any given time, like making that show happen on mm-hmm. stage, musicians, dip it, different people doing different things. But then, like, then they had these screens that lowered down over the stage. And then, like, so, like, let's say this is center stage. Yeah. Then they had all these screens coming out this way. Oh. So, like, everybody, and they would, like, mo- all of them would move up and down that and beautiful. shrink. It was. And, oh. uh, 
I love shows that really go above and beyond, like, for production. They're just not, like, I like kind of the small names where it's like, I'm here to, like, make music and, like, melt bass. Like, those are fun. But people that really, like, do that extra layer, oh, I'm just yeah. like, well, oh, and so, like it, it makes you feel things. Like, and that's looking what at love. Pink Floyd evolve their show over the years, it's just like, it's just another repackaging of that. Mm-hmm. So him and David Gilmer do it in the same year. They play three quarters of the same songs. A lot of Pink Floyd co- yeah. covers or whatever. Cause Pink Floyd broke up uh, in the late 80s, I believe. I think it was like 88? I think so, yeah. yeah. And um, I can't remember. They might have released that last album in like 94, but that could have been. And it wasn't with Roger Waters, though, because mm-hmm. they had one or two albums afterwards. But like, I don't listen to any of the post-Waters stuff, really, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, But... <clears throat> David Gilmore did not do as good of a show as Roger Waters. He didn't. No, uh, I was bl- I was blown away. I was like because I saw that I saw, I mean the David Gilmore was good, but it was I just like better. I know. Like that's weird. I know. What it's, was well, di- like what was he just like not it like feeling it like it was low energy or? I don't know. He did some of his solo stuff. He did some. He did some different Floyd songs. It was good. I mean, it's definitely um, worth watching. Um, a few of the songs are on YouTube mm-hmm. from that per- particular performance. And then, like, so uh, I'm just going to throw Dogs up real quick from the Roger Waters show. <laughs> Do you like the Pink Floyd song, Dogs? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, what's crazy is, um, and why I've wanted to, like, start a podcast and, and different things is, like, I'm about to get, a like, a little um, DSLR camera because, for example... Um, this particular version of dogs from the same show I was at on YouTube mm-hmm. has 722,000 views. Yes. I'm going to watch that. Okay. We're casting it up, but, uh, yeah, I love it. I think this is from, actually, I think this one's from the rehearsals, but, um, super good. So he d- he goes from this into dogs. It's a little older version. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. Um, have you ever heard of these? Um, it's these two girls. They they look super similar. Their names are Lucius. Yeah, Lucius and um, yeah. They th- well they they play for Roger Waters. This might be like from his last tour. Hey, look, it's Mademoiselle Knobs. <laughs> That's the dog from the Pompeii original recordings. Nah. They did this song with that dog, yeah. She's so pretty. Mademoiselle Knobs. Yeah, this is an older this is version. An incredible but performance. <clears throat> yeah, so they even back then they so this is Roger Waters did a tour like right after I graduated from high school that my buddy Colby went to see. We're gonna pl- I'm gonna actually gonna pull them up at Nashville. I just learned to play this song on the guitar the other day. I was like, yes. I want to learn how to play guitar, but my hands are always too small. And it's you need one like that. It's Get super, um, super uh, tiny in terms of like, I've had that guitar since ninth grade, I think. <laughs> but uh, it's super tiny. Oh, yeah. See, that it's got kind of like an electric feel to it. Who super light. So, Who do, signs up? Uh, Chris Caraba nice. from oh, Dashboard yes. Confessional. That was my first show I ever went to. Really? Did Dashboard. you go see them at Tech? No, they were. I was like in sixth or seventh grade, and they were at the Fort Smith. Uh, also, I was at that show, brand new. Jesse yes. Lacey singing oh, into his guitar, so going, good. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." You were in sixth grade. I, <laughs> yeah. I was out of high school. No. Well, Damn I, it. Well, I. 
because it was when I was in school in Van Buren, so it had to have been either wow. sixth or seventh. I moved around a lot in yeah. like early junior high and stuff. I'm yeah. gonna hand this back to you. I'm trying right. <laughs> so that's that's all screens, by the way. That's oh all screens. Oh my god! And you got the pig floating up there. What a beautiful! So like, I didn't like, even know about this tour that it was happening, and then like my buddy called me, was like, "I got tickets," and I'm like, "You going. motherfucker! How did you not tell me?" <laughs> so he went and saw Kansas City with his girlfriend, and um, then we uh, went. I went and saw Tulsa with my buddy Nate. They had half price tickets. Yeah, he didn't sell well in the South because it's an anti-Trump show. Uh, <laughs> so Nashville uh, sold out as far as I know. This is the Nashville show. So see, like when this dude's singing, I'm like. Who, who are you? Yeah. Like you're not. Come on. You're not David Gilmer, <laughs> and like I was thinking these thoughts, but but at the same time, the two dudes they had playing with Roger Waters shredded. shredded. Yeah. But it, it's super good, and um, when they he usually does, and like his past tours and stuff, his set list, he'll do like um, pigs and dogs together. I don't know if on this one he does the 17 minutes, so it's probably just dogs. But there's one on here from. Let's see, where is it from? I don't know which show without clicking on it, but it's, it's Pigs and Dogs. It's 32 minutes, and it's from this tour. That'd be an amazing performance. So just to see live, like that, it, and that's something like music like this. I mean, it's older music, but it still makes you feel something. And like new music that gets put out, it doesn't, it's so generic. Every time I'm around my buddy Nate now, I'm like, we were a part of something special. We had a moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we, we were up there just yeah. melting. I mean, it was, it was, and, uh, both both times that I got to see him, I, and if he was like he went, he's like, I think he's not touring right now. He's like went overseas. This dude's like seventy three years old. Like he may never even do anything again. It's crazy that it can be that good of a performance at that age. Yeah, can that's you Lucius right there. Look at the guy. I'm they are getting like it. getting yeah. But on um um great gig in the sky, they kill it so oh. hard because they do that. Whoa, that yeah, like yeah. This is badass. It really is. I can't it's, believe you were there. I yeah, I know. <laughs> I was. It was super awesome. And when those screens out there start moving and stuff, uh, it's just mind blowing. But uh, that's. I mean, it was just kind of weird. It's like, it's like, man, well, it'd be so awesome if it was David Gilmore doing that. Yeah. I just kept thinking that, but. <laughs> I was I'm over. I was over it by, moment, the, by the second like... time I saw him. I was like, "Fuck David Gilmore! Like <laughs> this is awesome." Because I had seen that Pompeii stuff, and um, I wonder what all songs that he's put up on uh, so far. But I just uh, David Gilmore had a solo album that uh, my buddy that I go to concerts with just gave me a uh, download to. Mm. It's pretty good. His process. He has uh, like a BBC documentary. Oh. Where they on uh, on YouTube was like fifty three minutes or something, and they talk mm -hmm. about his process of uh, recording his solo stuff. And I was like, Damn, he like really has an assistant and stuff. Really? And his wife is his lyricist. That's kind of cool. I yeah. bet that makes it more. Meaningful. Yeah, but it, it, it's a cool process. It's kind. Of, I was thinking about that back when. Uh, yeah. So, so there, he'll start flashing like anti Trump stuff up here. Yeah. And um, people get uh, super pissy about that, and like Tulsa, Oklahoma. We like me and my buddy heard this guy talking on our way out, and he was like, "Yeah, they told us on the radio that this is gonna be a uh, an anti-Trump," and I was just like, "Yeah, you could say that." Me and the good old boys are gonna. Oh man! Like when it went out into sea, so like that just like floats oh. out into a galaxy, and you can see all the individual screens now. 
Like seeing that live. Being on the crew for this, like behind the scenes, would have been. Colby told me how many semi trucks that it took to haul that. They didn't have those screens at Tulsa, by the way. I was super upset, and then they had them in Nashville, and they had them in Kansas City where he saw it. But they had them at Tulsa. Um, the Bach. Okay. And it was like full on body scanners and police dogs. (laughs) I was just like, shit. Yeah, I was. I was kind of. Sketched out. Yeah, that that puts you on. Even if you're not doing anything, you're just like, why is this? Why are you like this? It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, this this, it blew me away. Like that's why I like this sort of stuff right here. And then two, just yeah. I know it's not David Gilmour, but it sounds just like it. Yeah. I, some band on the radio. Like I was driving to the gym. Like one of those situations where I was saying, uh, "Listen to you earlier," mm-hmm. and I hear like. um I think it was com- some band covered either Comfortably Numb or oh, dude, um, Wish You Were Here. Oh, Dude, has a cover of Wish You And were I was here. like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was Wish You Were Here. Yeah. And uh, I was like, this is a live performance. And I was like, that's not this David. Is- this is like <laughs> shitty. That's not David Gilmore's dude, guitar playing. Avenged Sevenfold did this whole like album of like just covers. Like before they were like doing their new stuff. Only like, Unfreeze McGee can do that. And, yeah. Yeah. And like it was, and everyone, like people call in sometimes, either like, can you play this cover by Vince Sevenfold? Or they'll call and they'll be like, don't ever play that. That's like sacrilegious against. Well, and then <laughs> like, too, I'll tell you another sacrilegious cover. My sister in law just shared it today, and they're, t- and, um, they're talking about how much she liked it. Was that cover of Zombies, or not Zombies, Zombie by uh, Cranberries yeah. by. Uh, um, Who did that? Um, some, some metal rock. Uh, no, no. No, okay. Oh, who I, is it? It's oh, Five Finger Death Punch covered yes. Zombie by the Cranberries. I don't like it. I don't like Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Everyone's just like, Five Finger Death Punch. I mean, like, no, some people could have done really good on that cover, I think. I like that song. I like the Cranberries, and that um, their, their lead singer just passed away. Yeah, um, but did you hear they're still coming out with a new album? No. Okay, yeah, the Cranberries are coming out with new stuff this year that was recorded with her before she passed away. So it's going to be kind of like a posthumous release. Wow. But I'm, yeah, I think it'll, because it's uh, this, it's either this summer or next summer. It's like the 20 or 25 year anniversary of of everyone else is doing this. So why shouldn't we like their debut album? And so they want, they're doing a re-release, like a remastered production of that with some unreleased demos. And then they're coming out with a brand new album of like new music. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. That's going to be very cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. (laughs) When they played um, Dark Side of the Moon, mm-hmm. they had this like laser pyramid that had like these lights that started that like came down and like then like I'm just gonna show it to you. <laughs> We're um, just gonna watch concerts for the next few hours. Like, don't mind us. <laughs> yeah, this is to see. This is what I Dude, mean. That's I re- the crazy thing, like about YouTube now. Like Cody and I sometimes like we'll go back and we'll watch like old like System of a Down shows, like old oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like old like stuff from like the I want to see them. 70s. Actually, I never got to see them. They just they just announced like three U.S. I shows. That. Yeah. Uh, I saw um, I've, their I've singer heard... playing with uh, Audio Slave. They're not uh, the Prophets yeah, he, of Rage. They did that, and then he like uh, Serge Tankian did a tribute after Chris yeah. Cornell died. But apparently, people that have ha- heard them live say that their live is awful. Like they have to be produced. That their concerts are just like System of a Down. Or? Yeah, yeah. System of Down. Well, Serge Tankian I think by himself because he's got a really unique voice. But like the band itself is just. People prefer it on a CD rather than at a concert, I guess. I still want yeah. to see them live. That's like a bucket list thing. I'm excited because I get to go see the Slayer oh, Final it, World Tour. Oh, wow. Like this, yeah. yeah. That'll be cool. So uh, I think uh, who's somebody, oh, it was Neil Young the other day, was like, farewell tours are bullshit. You'll know when I'm done touring when I'm dead. <laughs> and I was just like, yes. yes. Dude, Neil Young is such a boss. Neil Young. 
Okay. Uh, um, one year ago, I think this is it. This is definitely it. July 3rd, nine months ago. Yeah, I can, the production level of this, but you got to see this. This is like basically you can see it right there in the thumbnail of the video, what kind of oh, what it looks like. Yeah, the, I, I, I can't even tell you that sounds how good it was. I've only ever seen one laser light show, and it was at Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which oh, is cool. Well, you know who like, had an awesome laser light show? and I, Not the last show. It was the one before last one. I saw my son Squabby. It was the Floozies. Yeah, they had a really good one the night at George's. This is what they opened the whole show with, too. Dark Side of the Moon, Roger Waters. This is in Dallas. I'm going to fast forward. Do, 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 do. Yeah, this is um, Eclipse. Dun, 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 dun. Which um, David Gilmore played that uh, in Breathe. So here's where they start kind of etching it in, right? You better zoom what? that camera out, dude. Thank you. So you got the little That's sphere floating crazy. around and the pig too. And we could never even figure out where the pig was coming from or where it went. Oh. I don't know. We, we weren't paying attention to it. Like we just got so it focused like, on that. We couldn't, yeah. but they had like these, these like things set up like around like back where they were doing audio on the floor and then up by the corners of the stage, like, yeah. uh, like each uh, stage right and stage left. And, I guess like right up there on the ceiling and they cast it all together. Things like this are so fascinating and it totally makes the show like, I don't know. It adds another. Those background singers, Lucius too. They did, they just did so good. Yeah. But I, I can't think of a better show I've ever been to. Now that brand new show with dashboard <laughs> was really good. Brand new always gets you. Oh yeah. Like they're, the not, they're done too. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Jesse Lacey jerk. I know. He, okay. So you know this, um, Jesse Lacey was, uh, a member of taking back Sunday. Yes. On the first album. Yes. Taking back Sunday and Coheed and Cambria are coming up this year too. At the end. I've seen taking back Sunday a couple of times. I've um, never seen them. I think I, I didn't see Coheed either, but I think that'd yeah. be a fun show. Oh, right here. Oh, shit. Oh, I know. I know. Like, so they did that with, like, the, you know, the, the rainbow coming through. Uh. Yeah, like, seeing it was, this is cool. It looks better if you get a side perspective from it. But, yeah, right there. This is amazing. I couldn't believe it. Oh. How beautiful. Yeah, it's... Badass. It was mind blowing, but um, definitely see why that's the number one. Yeah, you, are you going to any other shows? Uh, you have any shows coming up? You're going to? Um, coming up soon. Yeah, actually, we're going to see Primus and Mastodon oh, at the Amp. Yes. I have a guy at my gym. I call Jerry the race car driver right now because it's just because his name's Jerry. That's funny. Yeah, they, Primus just released their um, newest album, The Desaturating Seven, which is cool because it's actually based on a really weird like children's story from another like. Um, country interesting and so they like they the songs there's like seven songs on them and it's based like the artwork and the songs themselves are based after like that old school children's novel and it's really really good so i'm really excited about that and then coming up uh at the metroplex in may I, i'm i kind of want to go see stone sour but i'm really excited for under oath under oath snow fix tours really coming. under well, oath i used to listen to them a long time I'm ago i'm not excited for under oath because i don't can under oath not under oath until like 
the old, it was the old lead singer, and then they totally changed. And when they got the I new lead singer that they have now, they changed their writing process, and I don't like it. But Dance Gavin Dance, which is my favorite band ever, and they're opening with Vela Maya, and I think that that would be really, really cool. So those are the upcoming ones. We got um, we are going to see Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. Um, Ready for their new album that comes out this summer too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, like I haven't listened to a lot of Dave Matthews like in the last few years, but we've been jamming them a lot. Like Ants Marching is probably my favorite song. It's the ultimate spring music. We we have like a '90s time machine playlist and mm. it has like a bunch of Dave Matthews and like Matchbox Twenty and Third Eye Blind and like Spring and Summer. It's like the best jams. Yeah. Um, what else? That Perfect Circle show. Uh, we just got two tickets to two nights of widespread panic mm. in uh, Memphis. They're playing in Mud Island. It's actually, I, I think it's sold Island. out. Yeah. But uh, I've seen widespread eight times, I think, seven times. Wow. So they're my favorite band. <laughs> Yes, they're so good, and like a lot of people are like, "Who played the Pit Panic?" Like I, li- like I listen to them, but I'm not like I couldn't tell you like <laughs> album Exa- names yeah, or yeah. something like that. It's but, um, but like I've never even show. heard them on the radio. Yeah, like, they're not. I told like I, I walked into Midtown Coffee the other day and they were playing Widespread Panic, and I was like, "Whoa!" Dude, Midtown Coffee. I made has a status about excellent it. Excellent playlist. Yeah. Like the people their owner the was back. on the other day. Josiah, oh, he wants yeah. to come do an MMA show now. He's like, "Dude, we gotta do MMA conspiracies." Oh, uh, that'd I was be cool. Like, Josiah, uh, is, he just had a or motorcycle yeah, accident. Yeah, we good? talked about that. Yeah, he's doing good. Yeah, good. he's. he's making a full recovery it's funny like when he uh, first had it like did you ever see that um disney movie rookie of the year yes so like he had to like sit like this and i was like rowan godna <laughs> and he was like i don't get that man i was like you're on pain meds go watch rookie of the year but uh i'm it, glad he's doing better yeah That's he is um but he was on um and yeah motorcycle crash it's crazy yeah that's no joke probably i'm probably, too scared probably to ever him. be on a motorcycle ever do that i couldn't either but mm. i'll ride roller coasters all day long which is weird i will ride roller coasters too i don't know it's weird uh i don't like heights i just feel secure in a roller coaster for some reason it's i would not bungee jump i would not do all those things you have to pull the cord mm-hmm. i'm well, not doing it myself that's weird. like i have i don't necessarily i don't have a fear of heights i have a fear of falling but like I'm, I'm a total adrenaline junkie. Like, mm, yeah. just I really want to go skydiving. I really want to go base jumping. But I, I don't think do I could it. have the willpower to. Like, someone would have to like push me. Like, I, w- I couldn't. I like couldn't repelling do it. any of that stuff. I would be like, I can't do it. <laughs> Game over. I'm good. Uh, yeah, it, but <laughs> it, it's weird. I'm not like I like some people. It's I'm fascinated by people who are adrenaline junkies though, because I'm like. I don't know. I just like anytime I get a surge of adrenaline, it's usually not something I enjoy. It's usually just yeah. like. It's usually like I'm angry or fight or flight kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why I like it. It's just kind of, it's a safe, I guess it's a safe way to get like a thrill because I used to have unsafe ways of doing that. And so now I'm just like, ah, I mean, skydiving, is it safe? Questionable. You but. know, strap yourself to some <laughs> other dude that jumps out of planes all day, every day. It sounds <laughs> legit. Sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I know a bunch of people who skydive. I know no one that's had an accident. Yeah. I don't have I think it's like very, very, and you have to go through like a lot of training. Like it's not, you just don't go there and pay and yeah. do it. You have to have like have a weekend a of stuff. I don't know what it is, but. Yeah. You do have to go through some sort of little course at most places. There's a place that does in Arkansas, Asylum Springs. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's a place in Memphis. There's mm-hmm. a few places within a, like a couple hours drive. So. I like driving to Memphis. I used to live there and I miss it. Really? So yeah. what, so um, you said you live in Van Buren, you lived in Memphis, like what, I, what, uh, what brought you to this uh, part of the state? Well, my, um, 
my mom and dad, when they were together, my dad was in the military, but he was, he had like an administrative role. And so like I've lived in like Missouri and Kansas and Arkansas. I like lived with him for a summer when he was stationed up in Alaska and stuff, um, Tennessee. And then, but home base is here. Like my mom's family, like my grandma, like my roots are in Johnson County, like, um, Dunlap's, uh, the leads is that's my kin, I guess. Like Blaine leads. No, not those Leedses. I do love the. I do love Blaine and Brennan and all them. They're a great family. I used to hang out. Um, like when I was really good friends with Chris Copeland, I was over at their house all the time. But, um, yeah, we. My grandma had gotten sick and passed away, and so my mom wanted to kind of come back. And then some things happened with her health, and so she there wasn't like another move, like a far away move, and so I just kind of stayed here. And Clarksville was the longest place like I ever went to school, like eighth or twelfth grade. That's exactly how long I went there. Yeah, that was like the longest. I was like, this this is cool. Like I have friend, like that's the longest friends I've ever had were the people people I met there. And then went to tech and doing things here. So I, I guess I, I like this area because I see the I'm staying here now because of all the potential growth. Like really cool things are starting to like happen and develop. And yeah, Russellville and Conway both are on the rise. I think once we get rid of a few more old people that were hell bent yes. on delaying progress. Mm-hmm. that are in their 70s and still want to be a part of local government. <coughs> uh, yeah. Once we get those people gone, we'll be good. I think, yeah. There's more of a there's more of a drive from young people here that are wanting to get involved. And so I think that there, that's going to be more incentive to let them get involved because it's not just like one or two people. There's like a horde of us that are like, hey, we want to do stuff. Like, let us fucking do stuff. <laughs> that's what, too, like, um, I hate that, like, a lot of um, – a lot of local stuff is like so biased around um, whoever's in charge of it. Mm-hmm. You get that it's, a lot. There's a lot of like nepotism that definitely happens. Even like very nice word. <laughs> well, there's like I know ne- what it means. <laughs> Maybe not everyone else. Look there's, it up. There's a lot of nepotism that goes on, and I think a lot of it, and I think a lot of it is unintentional. And I, I'm almost naive sometimes because I want to see the good in people and choose that it's not like intentionally malicious but i think a lot of it around here is just like what's tradition because we do live in the south and we're really centered around tradition and family and bringing in um new things that challenge that we have trump billboards yeah (laughs) exactly and so it's like it's combating tradition it's combating what has been the norm for so long because people that are younger it's not necessarily that it's just different they might not want to get married they might not go to church on sundays and so that's just like weird and foreign and so we're just trying to like be like oh it's just a different lifestyle like we want to do stuff too and be here and what do you think about the syria airstrikes what the syria airstrikes um i think it's really scary we were i was at front street grill when it officially got announced and i was talking before it got in like the airstrikes happened cody was talking and he was telling me about like what's been going on with what was it the the gas attacks and how yeah yeah, and how he was just like doing some more research on like Assad and like (coughs) reading more of kind of like the ins and outs and he just thinks it's a little bit of convenient timing like we had pulled all this stuff away and then it conveniently conveniently got discovered that gas attacks happened and it all seemed a little weird because it didn't follow a lot of people don't believe the last gas attacks that happened in Syria were real I don't I'd, yeah, it doesn't make it makes no sense. Like, there's no logical sense to it. There's also not a lot of proof that can back it up. Well, as many times, like, uh, there's somebody that I actually respect that's on my Facebook page that, like, when the Vegas shooting happened and a lot of people were saying false flag that he was roasting them. And I'm like, well, you know, historically speaking, here's seven verifiable false flags since World War II that yeah. um, I can provide. A, a great amount of primary source material on. And uh, mm-hmm. when you have a history of doing those types of things and 
the Middle East and Iran, for example, and um, with uh, I kind of think I started off uh, like with uh, historically speaking with um, Operation Northwoods, and I was just like, this Bay of Pigs, Iran, South America, mm-hmm. like. It's what do you clear. want, man? Like, yeah. we've been doing it ever since, and other people are doing it too, and it's a part of, like, that's what uh, Jeff Woods' book in a in a roundabout way, as far as I know, is going to be about, is um, it's called Pacification and Nation Building in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, can you can you even influence and change hearts and minds? Here's uh, Roger Waters playing the same show in Mexico City. Oh, dude. Yeah, a super anti-Trump show. And they they got the pig down. That's what they're doing. And this is like has like anti-Trump stuff all over the pig. So uh, it says uh, like tear down the wall and stuff. I bet that show would have been a riot down there. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. Like, and it was um, the different parts of the country goes to Roger Waters. Don't care though, man. He is such an activist, really. Yeah. Uh, but he's as much of an activist as this. He, you know. Talk shit about a lot of things, and then I'm like, "Oh, bro, but your T-shirt's seventy five dollars." Yeah, like you are the establishment. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, like I'm in the music. Like, you have armed security, and your T-shirt's seventy five dollars, yeah. and that's why I will not buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, but they did. They had an awesome like tie dye uh, dark side of the moon tee, and I was like, "Damn, I might get that." And then I yeah. was like, seventy five bucks, dude? Are you kidding me? Like- yeah, seriously, <laughs> I can get it at Walmart. Exactly. Like, I mean, damn, I've seen Pink Floyd shirts at Walmart's a, a, a hundred times, so. Yeah. They'll probably be like, no, we And no one's going to be like, oh, that's an authentic show, show shirt. Like, you got that at the show. They'll be like, oh, dude, that's like. Or I'll get one like, that, that has like a tour on it for my 75 when Gilmore was still with the band or yeah. something. So, yeah. Those, uh, yeah, the Syrian airstrikes, they're, they're disturbing because, um, and this is just a report, and I read it a couple of different places, but last week, Putin told, um, well, it wasn't Putin, a Russian news, state news agency told Russian citizens to stockpile food and water in case of impending war with the United States over action in Syria. And this was five days before the, before the bombings. I could definitely see this as being a planned thing because right after it happened, Russia condemned the U.S. airstrikes and they're meeting with the, uh, I don't Security know if it already Council. happened. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with it, but it's it's definitely nerve-wracking. I was listening to um, that guy that was talking about the Mila massacre is given all this Cold War history, and he said that uh, he was talking about, like, three or four different senators that, like, every night when they went to sleep, they're, like, like deer and bay of pigs and all that. It's like they didn't know if they were going to wake up. Like, we got that close to nuclear war over the Cuban Missile Crisis That's and crazy. stuff. That's crazy. Like, yeah. I just think it's really... It's nauseating what we do in the name of like, just because, you know. Oh, I came I, home super depressed last night because I yeah. listened to those two podcasts and I was just like, our country's always been bad. Like, we're bad people. We're doing bad things just in the name of like legislation for just like whatever. Our political game, like that Shivington guy's like, I'm going to kill all the Indians. These people yeah. are afraid of the Indians and then I'll become the politician mm-hmm. that I want to be and I'll be this renowned hero Indian And killer. I hate this whole idea of like... There's there's two sides to every coin. I think they're like the way that we exist now with like a two party system is like it's kind of what we have, and so it's what we need to deal with. Because pragmatically, you can't fucking change that. Like you, in, within the next election, that's like decades in the making if you ever want to do that. But I think it's super weird how we do have a weird two party system where it's like the only things that really like divide like 
the the major parties. It's like a handful of things. Yeah, that yeah. It's like you're ch- like you're literally choosing to stay divided. Like, well, I don't there's never been a, so there's never been a third party candidate that's been allowed to do the debates. That's mm-hmm. my problem. Like, I think Gary Johnson should have been allowed at the debates. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, um, uh, what? Who was it? Um, that messed up the election for um. George H. W. Bush, Bush, Ross Perot. Ross, yeah. So, like, there the third parties just like so. Gary Johnson on Joe Rogan's podcast talks about all this. It's a great watch. I it, I, it slipped past me, and then I was like, "How did I yeah, not watch this?" Yeah, it's on my radar. I remember yeah. checking out. Um, but he was talking about they was talking about history of third party, um, third parties and the debates and mm-hmm. the elections, and I I think that it should be a lot more open. I think. Man, it's just like when you only have two, like like so many people I know of are like, I just couldn't vote for either one of those people. And I'm one of those people. Yeah. I'm like, I, I thought it was like an interesting thing, like after this last election that inflamed everyone is continuing to do it. It's just like, I wish there was like a way to where like, you know, when it's voting day, you could just say like, here's all these people or I don't want any of them. Like, and if I, that was the, and if, and if I don't want any of them's the majority, like have some kind of contingency plan or something like to figure out where to go from there, because then it's obvious that it's the DNC or the RNC that's wanting these people to do it and not the public. Well, and, and the DNC's whole thing with Bernie Sanders, you know, mm-hmm. and how they colluded against him allegedly. And I think that that's verifiable yeah. um, based on my looking into it. But um, if it was between Bernie and Trump, I probably would have voted for Bernie and instead of not voted like I did. But yeah. I was just not going to like vote for but either I one of those people. Like, I probably should have just came and voted for Gary Johnson, but I was not being a patriot or whatever. I voted third party, too, just because I knew it would. I didn't have <laughs> personally, I didn't have it in me to like vote for Trump. But I was just like also not not the Democrats. Like I couldn't but, like uh, so. <laughs> You are um, maybe like only like the fourth or fifth female I've had on my podcast. Sadly, I'm trying to balance it out more. I just it's know hard. more bros. Yeah, it's not. I, you're I in talk. A, you're in a bro industry. I talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, okay, hey, this girl, maybe she wants to come because uh, <laughs> I found out that we knew some of the same people. And Cora told me, oh, I guess went to school together. Mm-hmm. If you have any aches and pains, this is fix, nice product fixing, plug. No, I'm kidding. Fixing my elbow. <laughs> I, I sell. I sell this. No, I. I don't think it we saw really it. It smells really nice. It's like a spa it's, in here uh, right now. Yeah. What, what does it have so in it? Namaste. Uh, soothing benefits for sore, aching muscles and strains. It's got um, like wintergreen, uh, cinnamon. It's mm. got eucalyptus, all sorts of like essential oils that are good I'm for, digging it. Yeah. But, man, I jacked my elbow up. I keep having like tendonitis issues on the inside. It's called golfer's elbow. It's oh, like on the oh, inside. Oh, yeah. And, like, I had to sleep like this a lot of times or my arm falls asleep. Oh. And what's bad is I think it might actually be from, my like, something going on in my neck. It's weird how everything's, like, connected like that. I read a lot about it, and I, like, so, like, I, I'm always trying to focus on, like, having better posture when I'm standing up. It's and so like, hard. Oh, Some, I, saw, I saw a meme earlier. It's called it nerd posture. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's it like, like, because I know, I mean, just n- normal people that don't, 
have not trained or like haven't gotten like hit a thousand times like they face aches and pains like usual but what you have to like do extra stuff don't you like take care of yourself more yeah so. but like i tell my everybody this i was like you know i've been in the orthopedic waiting room a time or two and um i haven't had to have any surgeries for any i did dislocate my shoulder um mm-hmm. in 2009 or 10 i can't remember mm-hmm. i got thrown i think this is david gilmore no this is a reunion concert mm-hmm. i thought it was implant pompeii but um, I got thrown on it and it broke. Um, but it's not like they can't fix it with surgery. Is it like the AC joint separated? Mm-hmm. But I do a lot of like recovery work and preventative maintenance. Um, I should be like I was just like Corey and I are just talking. I'm trying. I'm trying to eat a better diet because like I train so much that mm-hmm. like and even now like there's a period of time where like. Um, if I didn't train a lot and like my diet got out of check, I like gain weight and like I've been the same weight ever since I stopped competing like two years ago almost. Oh wow! Like I haven't gained any weight, but like I, I mean, I talked about it yesterday, you know. Man, those I was one on dollar the, new burritos are fire. Yeah, I <laughs> got one of those. I thought my buddy was coming over. I hope he listens to this, and he didn't. And Cora ate it. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> but um, yeah. But uh, that's it, too. Like, uh, so, like, a lot of, like, inflammation, arthritis, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff, issues with joints are just poor diet. Skin issues, um, autoimmune diseases, poor diet. And That's actually something that we're doing right now. I just switched to a ketogenic diet. I saw you make a post about uh, eating keto. Yeah, me and uh, Cody's, like, super hardcore. Like, he's, like, in ketosis. Like, it's redonkulous. Really? And and you can see it, too. Like, when um, he had – there was, like, a brief spell where he had gained, like, some weight, and he was, like, super unhappy with it. But he also, like, he has really bad, like, knees and joints. And he was, like, he was going to the gym there for a little bit, but it was actually, like, it was, like, hurting him. He was just, like, I feel worse. And so he's just, like, what can I do well, to, there's like... there's no reward because he's not choking anybody. Exactly. <laughs> I need to get him to go yeah, for to Tell him to hit me up. But, yeah, no, he's doing... We're doing keto now. And the cool... Like, what I like most about it is I eat something green with every meal. And then I don't ever have a crash because there's, you know, there's not, like, a carbon sugar crash. And so I'm yeah, trying see, to Yeah, see, I'm like trying maintain. to get, like, my sugars cut way down. That's my number one goal. Um but I'm so addicted to coffee. Dude, I, that's what this was. I had a bu- I brought a bulletproof mocha and like I had it took like a week or two cuz I I was really big on Coke, like regular Coca-Cola and then coffee and hot tea. Those are my three things. I really I don't drink a ton of uh like I'll if I get one I'm going to get a Mountain Dew. Oh, talk yeah. to me. Baja Blast is coming back. I'm really excited. But no, I switch. Once I switch to like Stevia, that's the sweetener that I that's use. That's what I've heard a lot of um, things. So it's like natural cane sugar. Oh, yeah. Sugar. It's super easy. It's really easy to convert measurements to. Like if you are like baking or cooking and you need this amount of sugar, it tells you like how many packets or like how much to use. And it tastes really comparable. Like it, I can't even, now when I go back, like there was one time I had to have like regular sugar in my coffee and one time a regular Coke was the only thing and it tasted like shit. Like, it's so crazy. Cool. I didn't drink uh, any Cokes for like a couple of years one time. And then I had one and I was drinking out of a glass bottle. And like, it was weird. Like I swallowed some of it and there's like this weird like reaction in my throat. And oh. like, I was like, oh no. That I was like dying. It was like it started fizzing or something. Like my esophagus was like, what the fuck did you just put in our <laughs> mouth? What are you like, doing? Like I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> and uh, like, I just, it was weird. It like, it like uh, my, my throat spasmed. It wouldn't let it go down or something. It was like, what is that? It's like an instinctive reaction. That's kind of cool that our bodies can do that, though. I yeah, but I guess I, I probably just had not had anything carbonated in so long. Mm-hmm. It was super weird. Or I'd opened it and I don't know. I don't know what happened. But like, have you ever like shook up a Coke and then like or like a bottle that has some some in it and like mm-hmm. you can like twist the cap off and then 
spin it and it like yeah, fires it super. Flies. Yeah, that's it's like weird. that happened like maybe in my lungs or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was. It's weird. really weird when you think about like because I love fizzy. I hate like carbonated water, but like carbonation is really cool. But when I think about it, I'm like I'm just drinking air, and that causes like a lot of like gastrointestinal stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like when I you, need to yeah, cut that out. Getting, yeah, I sh- yeah, and probiotics are so good too. Like that's I'm I'm doing some different changes because I was doing yoga for um for a while. Like so we have a, an instructor at our gym, but. Like, once I started uh, teaching some history on the side and stuff, it kind of cut into the two days I was doing it. And I was mm-hmm. just like, man. But I but I still stretch like three times a day. So, yeah. or do movements, move my joints around. So. Yoga is my favorite. It keeps me balanced. It does. Literally. It's it's super, um, it's super beneficial. And like, too, like, I had a lot of reduction. And, too, I still do a lot of the things I learned with, like, my wrist pain. There's like uh, one of my coaches is like super big on wrist locks and like I did like two um, two one hour private lessons with him recently and this mm-hmm. is like my hands are so jacked right now. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. my thumbs started popping like that. That's crazy. I have to pop my thumbs and like do this yeah. and it like looks like it's gonna break. I'm really bad about that. There's like all this evidence against for or against popping things. Uh, you know, the I last know. study I read said it doesn't make a difference and I'm gonna follow that one. Yeah, I have to, or it hurt. It hurts me when I don't. I think some of that's in my head, but then also I think I've been popping my back a lot uh, too much, and I already have like some back stuff, and now my back kills me all the time. And I'm like, I you been to the chiropractor? No, I don't know. Some people don't believe in them. I I go all the time. I think it. Well, here's the thing. I think it feels would feel really good, and it would probably help a lot. But I'm just like, I don't. I want to know what the education background is because that's weird to me. Buddy of mine is in chiropractor school right now, and it's like it's more rigorous than a physical therapist. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, so, so like, imagine like physical therapy and massage therapy and then like actual like bone, chiropractic bone. Yeah, yeah. Like bone joint setting sort of concepts. But yeah. like there was a period for like over six months where I was having something going on in my shoulder and I got several massages, but I felt like pressure from the back pushing forward through mm-hmm. like my collarbone this way. Uh-huh. But it was like from the back. Mm-hmm. It was like the back pushing forward. And I felt it in the front. And I'm just like, and it got to a point, it was so unbearable. And I, I was like, I was like, oh, it's going to have to live with it. Oh, no. and, but I went to the chiropractor because, <laughs> like, I was being stubborn and I wasn't going. And I went and I felt some alleviation. But then, like, after you give me an alignment, like, it still hurt a lot. And I was like, it's, it, like, isolated to, like, right here in my ribs. Mm-hmm. And then I went back a second time. And then it was like, I told him about that spot in my ribs. And, and, my guy is actually Jeff Snyder in Clarksville, and he's mm-hmm. like never says to come back unless I want to. Like some people are like, nineteen sessions, and we'll have you back to. <laughs> well, I saw him three times, <laughs> and after that third time, like I haven't had any more issues with it. And That's it's really like, cool. Like I, I like I was like I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've heard good things about it, like. That's not, that's a good testimonial. My friend Dustin Mice goes to a chiropractor a lot, and he says it's really great. One time I saw, I was young. I mean, I say young. I was like 12, and I watched my aunt go to the chiropractor, and I didn't know what it was, and it looked like this guy was, like, killing her. Like, he just, like, grabbed her neck and was just like, Kah! and I was just I like, will, what's um, happening? I pop, I pop Cora uh, pretty regularly, actually. Um, uh, I may, uh, when we wrap it up, I'm sure. Because, see, there's this one I just learned how to do that pops, like, in between your shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so it's like it's like what gets so that. good yeah it oh. is it's balling but um it's super easy to do and i she was like hey this guy's doing this on instagram to these fighters and i was like i can do that <laughs> but it's just like you you've kind of put somebody in a full nelson and but yeah i have people at the gym they have a lot of issues but here's the thing like that's like 
those same issues happen with people that aren't at the gym, like mm-hmm. maybe even more widespread. I think I'm like, hey, you're in here strengthening all of this stuff. Yeah. We're talking about posture every day. Mm-hmm. And most people are not even charting it. They're just like, my neck hurts. And they don't go get it checked yeah. out. They just think you're, I'm getting older. I'm yeah, no, yeah, it's part of it. Like, yeah. Part of it. And then they'll let themselves deteriorate. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just like, it's kind of like um, catching cancer or something. You have to be, you have to catch it early and be proactive. And like yeah. me waiting six months to go get that taken care of because he's just like at one time he told me he's like man you know what you do like he's like there's going to be some herniation <laughs> you know and uh you should probably think about coming in if it gets real painful and yeah. i was like okay at least he shoots you straight and isn't one of those just like you need to come in like once i know a week and like it, yeah weeks. yeah I, like, I hate that like there's gimmick. some people uh, around here like that that just kind of kind of wears me out so I might go to the chiropractor now because it sounds good to be really I have a tiny friend of mine walk on my back and that's as good as it gets. Yeah. My, my buddy has <laughs> me walk on his back periodically and now that he knows that now every time he comes over he's like, Bro, you can, can you, pop can my you do neck that? and I'm like because yeah. I, I don't like doing I can I can pop like uh, someone's neck twisting it, but I feel like that's a big liability. It's not. I will say this. Um, there, um, there's some myths out there. I think myths where people's carotid arteries <laughs> been severed by that. <laughs> I don't on. know if it's true. That's, yeah, the, I read the horror stories. I yeah. think I always steer to like the extreme for entertainment, and then I try to go back down for like mm-hmm. get the facts. <laughs> well, too, like getting your neck to pop is not that hard. This person just has to trust you and relax. You got to like let your arm hang totally limp and just kind of. So I just popped my. I think that's my my thing. Like I can't. I have to take a lot of, I physically make myself relax now. I'm like, get it, breathe out your shoulders. Like, cause I'm tense all the time. I'm constantly, and I don't know why I am. And so I try to like do that and relax sometimes. And then yeah. it feels weird. I feel like worthless. It is. Like, you know, like I can't hardly, like I notice sometimes I like sink into my pillow a little more and I'm like super relaxed. And sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah. if we could just do that. But I'm just like tense, <laughs> yeah, I like, guess. Oh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that. it is weird how your body will stay tense, stuff like that. For sure. Well, I guess uh, we've, you know, clogged a couple of hours here. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no, this um, was really, really cool. Maybe maybe I should have Andy Milanakis on the podcast. I think you should that ask him if he wants to come on. He would love probably to talk history with you because that's all did he Did he get a history degree? That's what his whole point. Yeah. He what's, he, what's he do now? Um, he just, like, does a little stuff on the side. He's, like, working with one of his buddies, Dustin. But, yeah, all he does, like, is listen to podcasts research he like goes all over his old notes and like re- he's constantly re- he tries do to some talk history to me podcasts about it, and i'm like i love you and i'm gonna listen and try to talk to you but it's so like course the same way that's why i had to start and a it's, podcast it's interesting with me like i, le- I want to learn about it but it's almost like speaking another language i'm like i can't talk with you about it so, like the, the what Corey does like she's like uh you're not allowed to say the word idea anymore for the rest of the <laughs> day because i'm always like hey i have this idea about da, 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 da. but uh since i started lecturing and doing this doing the podcasting and all my stuff at the gym i just get so much talking in and mm-hmm. so much hanging out that i'm just like I don't know, a little yeah. less um, always trying to, like, run my ideas through Cora and being like, hey, listen to this. <laughs> now you have another sounding board. Yeah, but I was telling her about that Sand Creek stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a, I, I do want to go back and watch. Can you say D- um, Del- Delaney? Okay, it's but uh, Danelli, like Daniel. Daniel. It looks uh-huh. like Daniel with an I. Okay. Danielli or Danelli. And then it's Baleli. But the name of his podcast is History on Fire. Okay. And... Um, the name of the episode is Anything That Moves. Anything or, that moves I'll double check. Fire. I'll actually, I'll tell I'm you what. I'm going to sh- shoot you a screenshot on okay, Facebook cool. real quick. 
So. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. And yeah, I'll talk to Andy Milanakis. He might want to. Yeah, you got to call on that when you get back. Just be like, what's up, Andy? <laughs> Ryan said, what's up, Andy? <laughs> I, I'm sure he doesn't look like Andy Milanakis anymore, but. Well, he cut his, his hair short now. Well, it's, I mean, it's shorter than it was in high school. Yeah. He had it, like, See, he, he would have like, been, really been in ninth grade when I was calling him this. For for real. That's so funny. Yeah, because like was it was there was boy. the first period class, um, like um, Blakely, uh, um, Quincy, who uh, Chelsea Butchner. I'm actually friends with Chelsea Butchner now. It's weird. Cor- I never, Cora is too. I uh, never knew her, but she's my best friend's best friend, and we're all in a bridal party together now. And I found out that I'm related to her this weekend. Small world. I'm just like I gotta get out of Arkansas, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, but at least we're not in like you know 16th century Europe where all of the leaders were related to each other and marrying each other and yeah. you know That's, that would be mm-mm. getting genetically mutated jaws where they're like yeah yeah crossbites overbites. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, it was thanks, fun. buddy. Uh, yeah, until uh, Cody said hello, we'll uh, maybe have to have you back on someday for if sure. you got anything you're trying to promote or anything like that. You know, let me know. Yeah, and I want to get you on your nonprofit with Million Cups. Get you guys. Yeah, together. yeah, totally definitely. Hasnick Hasnick so. told me about that, or like mm-hmm. maybe tagged me in something you posted. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll look at that, definitely. and um, I bet you see a couple of things coming from us because we're having a boxing show in three weeks. Okay. So we'll be. Um, it's for a nonprofit. I think mm-hmm. that got submitted by Meredith. Do you know Meredith Motes? Yeah. She's going to come on the podcast. She trains with me. Cool. Um, I do. I've been working with her with Miguel Roy. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. So um, she's going to come on and promote the. They're a sponsor of the boxing club. Cool. Uh, she did all. She wrote a press article and uh, some different stuff. Yeah. So. Give me the deets on that. Your event too, and I'll get it. Yes. On the... It should be coming across your desk. I'm sure Sweet. anytime because it's uh, if you do the community calendar mm-hmm. stuff. You'll be the one reading it, I'm sure. Can't wait. All right, buddy. Well, Thanks. thanks so much.